Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson And we are, dude, I'm loving season three so fucking much We're like three movies in, as of today Yeah And I'm so happy, man After I finished this and I like put a button on my notes I was like, it feels good I did, there was a tear Yeah Actually, I cried like three times watching this movie Nothing to do with the movie, really it's one Some of those of it. like it's so brilliant but it's so you're... brilliant that i'm crying and i'm like holy fuck man we are back in the goddamn saddle <laughs> i love season two i do too I, it's it holds a very fond place in my heart yes. but season three feels like we're back doing what we were meant to be absolutely doing. man so what fuck man we have the professional today we are t- well you are talking about the professional you're Carl. talking about leon i'm the talking about leon the professional today so this is, go ahead we're talking about 1994's um, where do you use the original title we're, so we're talking about 1994's leon the professional directed by luke besson starring john Re- jean reno gary oldman natalie portman danny aiello dude moonstruck man is I back as a brutal gangster danny <laughs> i got you money don't worry it's better than a tony bank. tony's better than tony's a bank. better than oh a bank God, tony tony's got it all up here Tony's got it all up here. We'll talk about Danny Aiello, but talking about bringing depth to a minor character. Man. Also, Peter Appel, and that's the that is pretty much my whole cast for this. There, there's a bunch of people. Obviously. There's minor characters. They all are doing work, but man, our core. That's the core five. Yeah, five are. Can we just say right off the bat how incredible this fucking movie is, dude? This movie's amazing. This I've, movie's absolutely amazing. I've never seen it before. I came to this when I was probably, I think, so Natalie Portman was 11 when she was cast. She was 12 when she started filming. And I think I was 14 when I watched this. I watched this when it came out on VHS with my, but this reminded me of so much of high school and discovering, like, like film, capital yeah, F yeah, yeah. films. This was your, this was your Pulp Fiction. This is this me. this is my Pulp Fiction, yeah. and I remembered that watching this again. I'm like, holy fuck, because we were talking about Pulp Fiction last night. We we're yeah. talking about Hostel Two, and I'm like, this this was my introduction to fucking capital F, <laughs> capital films, F films. Was the professional with my buddy Andy, and it's just like, holy fuck, man. This was my introduction to Luc Besson as a as a director, and one of the things that I think is most fascinating about this film for me, I noticed it a, a near the end. Actually, it's the sequence where they're where Natalie Portman's going up the uh, where Matilda is going up the trolley in yeah. New York. So there's like this trolley that floats by in a cityscape. This movie is set in New York City, and yet manages to be thoroughly French cinema. Oh, it's in. It's great. It feels Italian. Fun. It's it like does. so it's, weird. Well, man. I think it's. I think if you look at it on uh, Wikipedia or IMDb, it says it says French slash Italian. Yeah, French Italian. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that they, th- I think it's a, New York City is a perfect setting for that because New York City in in a country that's meant to be the the big melting pot. New York City. New York is City a, is a melting pot, man. Right. New York City is a very unique type. Our first of Chile, shot is going know? into Little Italy, and uh, and meeting one Danny. Of my, <laughs> well, <clears throat> the first shot's flying over Central Park, right? Which is awesome because when the when the movie opens, you're flying over trees. There's a river. It goes over a river, over trees, and you're like, oh, we're we're in the woods, we're in the forest. Nope. And then it pans up, and you have that cityscape. And in a weird way, this opening shot is brilliant because we see we see Central Park, which is the, the uh, basically a potted plant surrounded by a city. And when we meet Leon, we have it's a terrarium, dude. It's he's crazy. got his Central Park in his window. You yeah. know, man? His oh, plant, God. his best friend. 
Holy fuck. Little uh, little side note on this. Bird's Bird's dad knows a shitload about plants. He's he was way into like like he's the kind of guy you go on a walk in the woods and he'll tell you what every single awesome. thing like is. Awesome, like botanist. Yeah, like of. like amateur, almost like amateur botanist cool. kind of, you know. So as we're watching, we're watching the movie over at Bird's house or while we're doing laundry. Um, Bird's parents' house. Her house is here. <laughs> right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, Bird left me. She moved back in with her parents. Should have had a kipper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, he pointed out, he's like, oh, that's a blah, blah, blah plant. And I was like, oh, what? And he goes, yeah, if you if you pulp that and eat it, it'll make your mouth go numb. And if you eat too much, uh, you'll die. And I was like, oh. And he goes, also, I don't know why she's planting it outside. It's not an outdoor plant. That'll kill it. <laughs> oh, shit. So doing the thing to plant the tree to make its roots grow will kill the plant. Yeah, the plant's dying. Like, oh, fuck. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's intentional. Thing. No, probably not. It's kind of the whole idea is that he has the one thing that he keeps alive. And it's a plant, and it's his best friend. Right, right. They did, they just didn't have a like a a continuity, a continuity person for right. the plants. <laughs> they you know? didn't have an, a botanist. <laughs> there was on the no team. consulting botanist. No. So if you throw that aside, it's a funny little like side note on this. Um, one of the other things I noticed immediately because I did watch this movie twice because I made it almost all the way through. Then we went. I had to stop. We went to laundry day, and I'm like, I can't make Bird's family watch a movie like the last thirty minutes. No. So we just watched the it again. And the thing I noticed both times is when we're doing the drive up to Little Italy, there's a taxi cab in one of the like shot because what it's a it's a front mounted camera yeah. on like a driving. And they're actually rig. driving down they're the street, driving now. through New York City, and a taxi cab just fucking merges straight into their lane without like it's <laughs> it signals for like half a second, and she's like, "Yeah, come." And you can see that you can actually see the camera car like, oh shit, <laughs> kind of like bump out. That's that's really incredible that you mentioned that because I you know I popped around some of the trivia on on IMDb after I watched it mm-hmm. and. Um, so that shot, the opening shot, is obviously a shot in New York yeah. on the street. And they didn't really, they had permits to shoot, but they couldn't, they didn't want them to lock the street off. So what they had to do was time all the traffic lights so that they could, it would be all green for that shot. Right. So that was then actually, like, that's New York traffic cutting off your camera. Yeah. That's incredible, That's man. how little they give a shit about, like, film productions. They're like, we're well, shooting Well, they a, shoot there every day, man. Right? like, I'm so. fucking waking here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Johnny Two Tones in my back seat's being a bitch. I gotta get him the way he needs to go. <laughs> Did you do dude in the back? The passenger's like, "Do you know who I am?" And right. they're like, "Oh my god, we should have shot this, this fucking guy." Shit, I knew it. Chai Town should have shot. That's right. God damn it, I need to get out of Little Italy. <laughs> Sucks. Um. So I, lo- I this is there's something I want to talk about as we go through this movie as like a through line for me. Yeah. Which is. It, it sort of crops up. You don't, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but ha- once I had seen the whole film and watched it, started watching it a second time, the the meeting, the initial meeting between Danny Aiello's character and Tony Jean, and, and, Reno, and Tony and Leon, Leon, when they sit down, there's the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, this is so, co- it's cool. It's got this real cool, Just really vibe. close up, uh, close up on their eyes. It's all it's like very slick, yeah. and it's like, ooh, this it's is all the... extreme close ups. Yeah. We don't ever, I don't think we ever see the full face of either man. Nope, he got Leon with the sunglasses, and you have just that top right corner of Danny Aiello's <laughs> left eyeball or whatever. It's, yeah, it's like half his cor- his yep. cornea, you know, like. But they're... the only face you see. I love completely the, is the is a black and white photo of the target. Right. I love the macro shot of the lighting the cigarette. Yes. And oh, the he's sound. yes, the sound design is great. And that lighter, I don't know what that lighter is, but that lighter sounds different than anything so far. Cuz it's not a Zippo. It's like one of those closed topped it's flicky it's things. It's one of those it's, weird. it's like that Art Deco 1960s style exactly. lighter. We saw it's a Cary like Grant it. lighter. Yes. And then there's a lighter in uh, Shape of Water. 
that is hmm. kind of similar, Very but much. not quite the same. I pay a lot of attention to cigarettes now since we have a film, Quill and Filmies category, like totally based. Yeah, I'm always it. <laughs> looking at cigarettes because I miss them so much. Oh yeah, we look right. at cigarettes for different reasons. I'm like, ah, oh, the the, fi- the fascinating cigarette. artistry of cigarettes, and you're like, God, I could use a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but in in this little scene here, when we're first introduced to Leon and Tony, dude, I love this mob double speak. All we all he wants is a conversation, but this guy don't want to hear it. I think maybe he talked to you though. Like maybe on Tuesday. You doing anything Tuesday? No, I'm free on Tuesday. He slides the fucking picture across. And without ever saying what he wants him to do. Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. I ever put that down. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. And he's got a, Leon's got this big glass of milk. (laughs) And it's the the score. It's the like. And all the violin. God. And he like, you see that close up of Leon behind. I love the. The pauses where Leon doesn't respond immediately. He's like, "Are you free Tuesday?" And Leon gives it a beat. He's like, "Yes, I'm free Tuesday." And that he'll talk that way throughout this film until he gets with Matilda eventually, yeah. and that's when he starts talking a little more naturally. And he, he know, becomes human again. He takes the well. I have an alternate theory. Yeah. He takes a drink of the milk, slams the glass down, and the first time you see it, you're like, "Oh." So it's this is slick. This is so well shot. It's got this gritty like underground assassin feel. And the second time you watch it, you're like, "This is a grown man drinking milk." Yeah, he's a child. He's a child. He's a kid. Mm-hmm. And his best friend is a plant. I mean, it's all over. He's drinking milk all the time. I started. Putting, I have a pig in my kitchen. Like the whole. He's, he's doing. He does puppet shows. And the weird thing is, is like the the piggy thing. He he's partly doing that puppet show for for her Natalie Portman, right? But part of it is also you get the sense that he plays with the piggy. Yeah, because he knows. Oh, I have a pig in my kitchen. He can't read. There's a face that he makes when he is watching the oh Gene Kelly yes. movie when he looks around at the rest of the audience. Like, can you see how incredible but he no is? No one's there. He wants to like. He wants to share that with somebody. Like, do you see how incredible Gene Kelly is? And the look on his face. He's twelve fucking years old. It's watching this. Gene Kelly yeah. moment. Yeah. I know season three is like really heavily loaded with masterpieces, so it's going to be hard, but like right now, three movies in, yeah. Jean Reno's performance in this might be my favorite performance. Uh, you can't see because I got my hoodie on, but I got every. That's why I put my uh, robe yeah, on. I mean, I'm chills. like, I'm chilly. It's, he looks, <clears throat> his, the look of, okay, I'm going to, the look of simple innocence yeah. on his face. He is truly delighted. To watch, I'm thinking, you know, he's going around, and uh, who's the who's the guy on the roller skates? So it's Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. And this is, um, I don't know what movie it is. It's, I, the the roller skating scene is 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 a very popular scene. Yeah. I forget which film it's from. It's not Singing in the Rain. It's not American in Paris. It's not. I just don't. It's I don't, one of those Technicolor musicals. Absolutely. Yeah. What I give the most of a shit about is watching a grown man who is an assassin. Delighted. Yep. By a m- and I love that musical. we call it back later when they're playing their Who is Who game. Mm-hmm. And he immediately, he doesn't know who Charlie Chaplin and doesn't know who Marilyn Monroe, doesn't know who Madonna is, but he immediately is like, that's Gene Kelly. Like he knows. Is, oh my God. One of the things that I love about that sequence uh, later on, and which kind of reinforces this idea that I was, as I'm watching through this, I'm like, this is. The reason that Matilda... So one of the things that we should talk about up front is... The there, problematic nature of the film? There is a little bit of a squirm to this movie. There is. Because Natalie Portman is... I didn't look up her age. She's, I think she was... When 12-ish? she was 11 years old when she was cast, and I believe she was 12 when they started shooting. Okay, so she's 12 and she's playing basically... 14. She's playing 14? I think so, yeah. 
she, she looks 12 though this is one yeah. of those movies where it's not like they've got someone young they where they have someone older playing someone younger and it they works. were almost going to to cast i forget who but she was 16 and they like she's too old at 16 they needed somebody younger. natalie Port- child act you can see who natalie portman's going to be absolutely in this movie Fuck, so well, one of the things that this movie does is uh, Matilda falls in. We're gonna. She's eleven, so let's air quotes it, or twelve. So let's no, air she falls it, in love with him. Yeah, she, it's, but it's that child childhood exactly, love. Yeah. So she she falls in love. It's like with, falling in love with your teacher when you're in school. Like, exactly. Right. Yeah. So she falls in love with Leon. Leon's like let's say late thirties. I think he's probably pushing forty. He's for heading sure. into forty. Yeah, definitely. But he's still he's still pretty beefy, you know. And John Reno's in amazing shape. Yes. But uh, so she falls in love with Leon, and Leon knows enough. He's he's kind of like more simple. He's a little and he's, slower, and he's he's very his his intellect is super specialized for killing for what he knows how so, to do. Exactly, but he, but he knows enough, and I think this is where the movie manages to skate the line in a way that makes it charming rather than Which uncomfortable because he knows that that's not okay. Yeah, and he never he never entertains it. And he does entertain putting a bullet in her head, though. He does, which is fucking intense. Never, he never entertains being becoming physical with her in that way, but does entertain. He does the entertain idea killing her because because of the string, because yeah. of the loose end. But I think that's what allows the movie. The fact that she's so like, I'm in love with you, and Leon's so like, ah, I'm. Uh, it's cool that I, I love when she describes the feeling that she gets. Yep, of love. I used to have a knot there, and now, and it's, now gone. it's gone. And he and goes, "I'm glad you don't, don't have, have a stomach, tummy, ache, stomach anymore. ache anymore." Yeah. Like he, the movie manages to keep us, keep our heads above water. But that's what also earns it the moment at the end when he sends her down the sh- the the escape shaft, mm-hmm. and she goes, "I love you, Leon." And he goes, "I love you, Matilda." The f- they're allowed to do that because this movie. This movie paid for that. Absolutely. Throughout it. Throughout. And it becomes a really powerful moment rather it's than. It becomomes a beautiful moment instead of just, become like disgusting or we don't the, feel like how. There's no cringe to it because we've est- firmly established their dynamic is not a creepy one. Exactly. I love it. There's Absolutely no sexuality it. there. It's, it's it's such a, a weird. God, man. It's, it's, but they're, they're, that is one of the things that I don't. The, particularly French. This is something that's very French and very art film. This movie does. Well, that's why there's a European cut and there's an American cut. It Well, yeah. And the Euro cut has a little bit more of... There's actually a scene that's the cut l- out where she she straight up asks him to be her lover. I think he turns her down uh, that he's crazy or whatever, mm-hmm. but there, there's a lot more of that, like, that, relate, that type of relationship fleshed out that even, is still never... Even the cut I watched, the Leon the Professional, yeah. that it was on Voodoo, um, but the, the Leon cut definitely sexualizes natalie portman right there's there's a lot of that sort of like adolescent sexuality in this especially during their dress-up game right well Um, she's marilyn monroe and madonna two of the most sexualized females in and that was something bird's not here she watched (laughs) yeah madonna and marilyn monroe one of them's fucking a president (laughs) and the other one like she did an art book and you're watching a 12 year old girl imitate them yeah right yeah so. which is and i i love the scene because we feel the discomfort that leon feels and the only moment when leon is able to like unclench enough to play the game is once she goes gene kelly, gene kelly. and charlie chaplin yes but when she dresses as boys yeah right yeah because it it removes the danger exactly um so one of the things i thought was fascinating was the people they pick to play these games the first two people that Matilda defaults to as a 
12 year old girl searching for an Who identity. Who does she see? Madonna. She picks the, the first one. So when you th- when you think man in uh, ni- in ninety four, who's a man's man? Who's it's like Leon? John Wayne so, or Clint Eastwood, yeah, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, yeah. if you asked a child, pick a pick a man like who's who's a man? Who's a manly man? The child would pick John Wayne, right? Leon picks John Wayne. If you ask if you ask a twelve year old girl like who's a who's a woman? Who's an attractive woman? Yeah, like pick a woman. They default. They immediately default to like the the like apogee of their respective sexes absolutely right out the gates i thought that was really fascinating it kind of shows it sh- it in a bizarre way matilda and leon are ex- on exactly the same emotional age you know what also plays into his emotional age during that scene in particular he's dressing up as john wayne yeah and he leon owns probably a hundred guns handguns and yeah. he's using like garden shears or something to re- in in place of the gun because he's dressing up right. as John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Rather so than So you could have actually put one of your guns in but it's like a it's a, a real holster that he puts a fake gun in. It's the shotgun holster that yeah. he wears under yeah, his Yeah, exactly, but he's got like garden <laughs> shears in it. So I'm like, dude, that's Cuz he's pl- it's cuz he's make-believe. playing a game. It's make believe, yeah. It's incredible. That that it's that kind of attention, attention to, to detail. detail. That makes this movie a masterpiece, the li- man. Yeah, absolutely. The little moments, the little moments in this are absolutely phenomenal. Um, one of my and and it's the other thing that I love is he has no real issue having Matilda handle guns. Not even a little bit. He 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 legitimate. He's like, here's how this one works. Here's how this one works. Part of your job, if you're going to learn, you have to clean all of them yep. so you can learn them inside and out. But when they when the time comes for play, w- guns are work. Genuinely, because she there's a all great, we do is work. We need all to play we do a little is work, bit. We need to play. And what is Leon's work? He's a fucking hitman. So he's like, we are playing guns are for we're going to guns exercise. are for job. We are going to clean our guns and we are going to not sleep, dude. The <laughs> we're gonna not sleep. <laughs> like his, I'm not sure if it's a reference or not. I don't I don't think it is, but I think it's really interesting that Le Samurai has a bird in a cage, and the way that Leon goes to sleep is he puts sunglasses on, sits in a chair, and turns the light off, like putting a blanket over his cage. It is. It's incredible. It's, oh, dude. His world consists of, and I have some, there's some consistencies with these assassin movies that I'll get into a little bit that I noticed, but his entire day is he sits with his milk, he irons his clothes, he cleans his plant, and he sits and waits. That is his life. Yeah. Until Matilda knocks on his door. Yeah. He's wait. He waits for Tony to take waits. him out and use him, and then he goes back and sits in his holster. And he does. Yeah, he is just a tool. Leon's a gun. Yeah, that's all he is. It's man. fucking insane. And he doesn't even. And I think he lets Tony keep his money when he when Tony actually offers him. I think it's a thousand dollars or something. Is yeah. like here, take this. He, he doesn't does. even want to look at it. He yeah. doesn't want to look at the money. He He's gets uncomfortable ashamed and ashamed of it. Of it. Well, what money. And finances and like banking—that's part of the adult world, right? And he exactly. Is truly, a child. Oh my god! Um, one of the most heartbreaking bits of about his money is when he's like, you know, this money that I've made made working my for money. you. That sequence is when you realize that he's never Tony been paid. Have. Yeah, he's never been paid ever. Tony like pays his rent, buys him like enough milk to gives him enough to live, but there because. Early on, the dissonance between early on when he when Natalie Portman's like, "What is what's your price?" and he goes five thousand ahead. ahead. You're like, "Shit, he's loaded." 
you know, an hour later when he's talking to Tony about his money and you realize, you know, like, hey, Tony's better than a bank. You're like, he doesn't have a villa somewhere in France that he vacations two, three months a year 5, to get away 000, from it all. Yeah, 5,000 ahead. He's been working for Tony for almost like 20 years. I or think something it's like, like 15 that. years or something. It's insane. He, sh- he should have like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you realize Tony doesn't Tony's never paid him. Tony's gaslighting the fuck out of him and stringing him along. Because he's a child. Yes. He's using Leon because, like, he's using this dude, and Leon is is cowed enough by Tony that he, when when he goes to, when Matilda goes to Tony and says, hey, you're supposed to give me all of my money, Tony tries to run the same line on her. And he she's, says the exact same thing. Tony's yeah, better Tony's than Tony's better bank. than a bank. Nobody knocks you over come Tony. to me once a month, and I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a little bit of fun money. Gives her a hundred bucks, and you realize that there is no fortune. Tony never had the money to pay Leon. Sure he, didn't. He's basically he is a he is a bank. Tony is a bank. We have all this imaginary money. Oh yeah, anytime you want, you say the word and I'll pay you. But he doesn't have he doesn't have the it's not the gold standard. He doesn't have the fucking bullion to back it up. Not it's even all, a little bit. And he doesn't even have books. No. So when she comes in and she's like, "Will you give me Leon's fortune?" Because he told me that that's what was going to happen. Tony has no fortune. He has no idea how he much has fucking one hundred dollar bill that he yeah that he has. He peels off a hundo. And he's like, there you go, I'll g- but knock yourself out, kid. And she's like, where's the, where's all the money? And you can see the moment where even 12-year-old Natalie Portman realizes. She's there's like, no money here. there's no money. You fucked my friend over for 20 years, you bastard. That's so, dude, that's intense. This movie's intense. All right, let's jump back to the beginning because yeah, yeah. it is also super fun. <laughs> This movie is fucking okay. So Can we talk about the the Coke dealer hit, man. <laughs> yes, I please. just want to like. <laughs> so so our introduction, and for many of us, it was our introduction to Gary Oldman was this flick. Yes, the first time I ever saw him before I knew that name mm. is this movie, and I'm like, who in the hell is this insane genius? Yeah, this is his, <laughs> is this his first American film? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. I think he had been he had done something. Pre, oh well, Sid and Nancy was prior to this, but it was uh, That's a British a film. British film. He did, a, he did, he worked in Britain before he ended up. But I think the jump. this is this is where we get his name on American screens. I'm this, pretty sure. Even if he was on American screens before this, this is the movie that makes his name. He lands here. This performance right. is like nothing I've ever seen, man. I mean, well, you know, you've seen other Gary Oldman movies where you're like he's doing insane work, but this is genius. This performance is fucking genius. He makes... He's dangerous. Yes, I was going to say, he makes it feel dangerous just to watch this movie. Yeah. Feels dangerous. He is... He's not... We, You know, Gary Oldman has a certain reputation, but it's not the Daniel Day-Lewis, no, like, no, no, I no, go no. method. He just... Gary Oldman is different than Daniel Day-Lewis and Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf and people who, like, go all the way and stay there, where... He finds moments. Well... The, what I've always heard about Gary Oldman as an actor from like people mm-hmm. who work with him is he's fairly normal in between in- takes, but he's, <laughs> right. but he's but got he that switch. So as soon as it's action, boom, Gary is gone, and now it's the you know our our narc cop. And what <laughs> I understand about just from what I've read, obviously we haven't spoken with Mr. Oldman uh, personally on the show. Give not, us a call. Not for quite a while. <laughs> right, quite a while no, it's been ages, Gary. Is Reach it, out he to is him. like super instinctual. Like he has a sixth sense for like in the moment on the Animal day magnetism. for what will work. Um, for instance, the smelling See, when he smells him, he can smell a lot, and he gets super close, almost holds his face like a lover and smells him. He does hold his face. Yeah. He's like running his hand and then Yeah, and then he holds him. He's like, thank you. Let's find out who did cut the coke. Of course he didn't. 
course, of course he didn't. They didn't. No one knew that that is how he was going to play that scene out. He was like supposed to just intimidate the guy and like, mm. are you lying? Like give him the. But he's like, I'm gonna smell this motherfucker. Just he didn't even know he was gonna do Smells that. Just, him for a long time. He does. Too. He really does to where it's not a game. Like, oh, he's just fucking with him. It's like he's actually trying to smell out. But then it turns into a game for him. I love the decision, too, to what is the way, what's the way that you intimidate someone? What's the way you make someone uncomfortable? Especially in America is you get get in close space. Yeah, man. He takes away all this dude's personal space. And you can bear that for a while. Including his scent. Like. Yeah. That's that's weird. Yeah, man. One human smelling another human's face is weird enough, but to do it in a really close way. And then way, to cradle his head afterwards. Yeah, it's like this unwanted intimacy. It's this really intense closeness. He's inside this dude's personal space, like to the point where he rests his cheek against this guy's cheek, and the guy just has to sit there and. And, and our the actor playing him, all of his reactions are very real. Oh, you can in this see scene. him being He's like, like what, what the fuck, fuck is, is happening on? right yeah, now? Dude, it's- Luke, really? <laughs> this is what we're doing today? Okay. Mr. All right. Hassan, I'll roll we- with it. Are we going to cut? And Luke or- behind the camera is like, uh, I don't know. Just go. Go with it. Roll with it, man. Nobody fucking cut. Uh, nobody, nobody fucking cut. cut. <laughs> <laughs> are you fucking serious? Fuck you. <laughs> dude, it's incredible. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, Gary Oldman's amazing, but. Before we get to Gary Oldman, can we talk about the pre-John Wick, John Wick sequence where the guy he's oh, got to hit? I want to see. I want to. God damn it, man. Seeing seeing the hit the, guy, the way the hit's supposed to go. The guy that he's going to talk to on Tuesday. Yeah, that fat oh, bastard, right? Dude, oh, my God. He comes in. And I love it. This movie has like a, a Dick Tracy vibe to it where like. This is Tonto downstairs. Like people have nicknames, and yep. it, they are the most. Ster- these someone here to talk to you. These are diehard bad guys. Oh yeah, you know, like everybody's got like a Mac Ten or an Uzi, and they're all wearing like they've all got like long hair, ponytails, one earring. Like this is very. Like, they're nineties henchmen. They're nineteen eighty nine henchmen. They're eighty nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But uh, so we we get introduced to this this fat bastard, this coke dealer who's encroaching on on the Italian territory. Exactly. And that's why Tony wants to – Tony's trying to push him out. They don't even really want to kill him because they – which I think is interesting. They kill to get to him. They kill to get to him, but they don't want to kill him. And this, in a weird way, is one of those subtle things we talked about in the hostel where if you want to look a little deeper, you can. Tony doesn't have the muscle to go to war. Tony's got the muscle to send a warning and scare the guy Sending out. a message is, is – yeah. But if he kills this guy, he has to deal with the supplier, who's probably the Colombians, and Tony can't back he that yeah. up. He's got one guy in his pocket. Yeah. All he has is Leon. He's really fucking good. Yeah, he's got Leon. And but he can't, take, he can't take down a cartel. It's all smoke, dude. Yeah. Tony doesn't have the money. Tony doesn't really have a fortune to pay Leon. Tony doesn't really have the guns to go to war with the Colombians. All Tony's got is like a he's got like a spooky cardboard cutout that he's he's a scarecrow. He has a boogeyman. Yeah, Leon's a scarecrow, dude. He's a really fucking talented scarecrow. Yeah, he's really good at it. You get the sense that Tony doesn't have copos. But all it takes is one crow to realize that that scarecrow is full of shit. And that's Gary Oldman. Yep. Gary Oldman's the bird that sees through Leon. He's, he's like, the bird that's eating the straw out of his fucking hat. Yeah, he's like fuck this guy. <laughs> oh my God. Why do I give a shit? It's. This oh is, my god, this movie. <laughs> I feel like most of the movies we watch in season three, the one word the one sentence review would just be like, Oh, oh my god, god, this movie. <laughs> Alright, so so the Coke dealer gets upstairs and he's he they've got the they've got this briefcase full of Coke and he tells his guys, he's like, 
He goes, uh, what does he say? He goes, appearances are important. You got half an hour. And he turns and sees the <laughs> the most, the only word I can think of when I see the blonde chick is bimbo. Yeah, the most bimbo bimbo ever. Yeah, like the makeup department, they got, they're like, all right, let's see what the director's directions are today. And they open up the book and there's, it's just one page with like one sentence. It's just bimbo. <laughs> right. Make her a bimbo. <laughs> and they succeeded at they that. They did. They knocked it out of the park. Because I love when, oh, there's this gross ass moment when he sees her and he like, he's got his mouth kind of open. He goes. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, one. It's so gross. It's a bizarre acting choice, but it's a you get his character in like that one sound with the slack jaw. He's disgusting. Yep, and he's then he gross. turns back to his coke guys and he goes, "You have an hour. Better make it an hour." Yeah, he gives himself half an hour with the. Oh, it's very weird. And then we get the call from downstairs. Ring, ring. <laughs> it up. Hey, it's Tonto downstairs. There's a guy here who wants to talk to you. Does he look serious? No, he no, goes. What does he say? He goes, oh, he goes, there's a guy here who wants to talk to you. What's he look like? Serious. And then Leon, you hear Leon go, tell him I'm coming up. He's coming up. And you hear that gunshot and the fucking phone is blown in half <laughs> and there's blood all over it. And you're like, oh my God. It's one of those off screen deaths that is gorier than the on screen yeah. death would have been. You're like, oh my God, he shot that man in the head. And we've watched John, we've watched John Wick where he shoots like, 16 Everyone. <laughs> bullets in one head and you're like yeah, the population of New York drops <laughs> in that movie yeah he literally like changes the census count in the yeah, city seriously. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck we just finished this they're like oh damn okay we gotta do a special sentence, <laughs> census census because it doesn't seem to be anybody employed in this part of town anymore it's like it's like a ghost town it's like a ghost town <laughs> Chinatown's uh, a ghost town after he shoots this guy in the head the coke dealer like throws on his pants and runs out into the living room and he goes somebody's coming up Somebody's serious. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a fucking hilarious, man. It is. Somebody's coming up. Somebody's serious. serious. And it's that is so action movie. And where this movie totally this movie's great triumph, this movie's great success is it it gets you for like the first 20 minutes. You're like, gets it's an action movie. Here comes action. action movie. We're going to watch an action movie. Feels more movie. lethal weapon than it does yes. Fresh Art House. And as soon as you are all in on action movie, it's like it's like okay, and uh, the tablecloth is ah, bah, bah, and the, the flowers go- are still standing. Yeah, and it's you're like, like holy <laughs> shit! And you're like, how'd you do that? Wow, Bill Murray! <laughs> <laughs> they sweep away the fucking tablecloth, and underneath is like gorgeous mosaic art house film. Yeah, and you're like, I thought this was an action flick. But that t- the the tablecloth that is the '90s action flick is still there. Yeah, yeah. Like barely. Luke Besson so will like flutter a flutter corner it, yeah. at you every once in a while. Oh my god, it's so. What I one of the things I love about this sequence of of Leon killing all these guys is one, you see what a high level hitman he is. This is what you ever play. You ever play the Hitman games for PS2? Oh fuck yeah, man! This ki- this hit Agent seventy six or whatever forty seven forty seven. Uh, co- uh code name forty seven. But like this is this is Hitman Blood Money. This is like the opening scene, the opening like the tutorial game. Yep, and this ripped from that. I mean, you mean so hit, Hitman, yeah. Hitman ripped from, from Leon yeah. hard, it, and you lo- I love it. I yeah. ha- that's not a criticism. No, no, no. Thank God the, they those, made a fucking those Leon. Those games are incredible, dude. <laughs> yeah, you can go about your hits any way you want. You can yeah. go silent. You can go fucking guns you blazing. Can you can start with a machine gun and just start dropping bodies, or you can sit for you twenty be, minutes and learn the pattern of the guards. Or you can be Leon. Yeah, or you incredible. can go Leon. This dude, this is incredible. Okay, I. I, this is one of these things where because we're doing a whole month of assassin films, I feel like once per episode we should say, you, I, sh- I know I shouldn't like watching someone assassinate other humans, but fuck do I love watching Leon yeah. work, dude. 
sends sends up the by the way i'm not the character self-identifies as tonto that's the name he has in the movie yes. that's why i'm calling this guy tonto. <laughs> no we're not being insensitive this is 2020 i do have to say that. i know you do yes so leon uh, <clears throat> leon ties tonto's arm to the top of an elevator so that his head and shoulder is leaning just past the door that is the dude leon is scary because that's fucking smart Part of and I love that part of the reason that he's because it looks it. like when the door opens, someone's peeping around the yeah, corner. Yeah, he sends him up in the elevator, and all the goons are in the hallway, guns at the elevator because they're it's watching. Not the first time that he mannequins a person either, he's very good at that. Mannequin, mannequin, mannequining, man- mannequining, mannequining, a person. mannequining. Where's, mannequining. Where's the other one? Uh, when he brings the the SWAT member with him, he's like, "You're coming with me." And he hands oh, yeah, him out yeah. in front of the door, and so. then when he slams the door, the dude is still in front of it, yeah. and no one can see because of all the smoke and shit. Yeah, and yeah. Then he's shooting through the hole to make it appear that he is. That He's the, the guy, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> he's he is genuinely a good hitman. Oh yeah, he's bad at everything else, but he's a fucking hell of a hitman. So I, he sends the elevator up, and I love this. this is twofold. One, this is a psychological warfare. This is rattle them, scare the shit out of them. Two, they're losing every bullet they fire is one less bullet they've got. And they all dump a full and they mag. Might, and they might accidentally take each other out in the crossfire, yeah, too. Yeah, man. This is smart. He's making them do his work. He only directly kills... No, he kills Well, the three on the terrace, and then the two... Yeah, I think it's five or six that... He, yeah. he yanks the one he up. He does actually kill... Yeah. I was going to say, like, they... But they don't, though. They no. kills <laughs> he them kills them all. <laughs> um, so after he does the elevator, there's a guy who comes out, and he looks over the railing. Dude, that's... That, that little moment... Of Leon just popping out from the where he pops out, he's not standing on the floor below. He's, he's coming out of the yeah. He's like on the ceiling of the floor below. Yeah, and he pops out, grabs the dude's uh, tie, and drops him like ten stories. That motherfucker's gone, and then he disappears again. We don't follow Leon. We follow the henchman, which makes Leon seem like a ghost. Yeah, because we don't see how he's getting around. That's my note. Is we don't see. We never see Leon. We just see his eyes and his and the method for which he dispatches and his handiwork. His, in his handiwork, which is how these, his devices, which is how these guys would be seeing him. Exactly. We we We're, feel we like we are one of the animals. henchmen. Yeah. We're like, where the fuck is this dude? Sky, I'm next. This fucking, like, I'm oh next. Oh shit! When he pops the when he pops the that like the the uh, the little garrote down from like a ceiling tile, yank the feet up in the air. Grateful. That celery snap the is celer- amazing. Well, I love a. Dude. It's like a hollow. Yeah, oh. it's got like a little crunch to it, but there's also like the Some, yeah of like, like the hollow yeah the, of the vertebrae popping yeah. apart. Oh my god! <laughs> it makes it makes everything uncomfortable. Check the terrace. Check the terrace because he's only got three dudes left at this point. They all run onto the terrace. You just see storm storm shutters come down and we just hear gunfire. You just hear gunfire. A couple holes pop in. Talk about cinematography. Those like shafts of light projecting Incredible. into the dark. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then, and one eye through sunglasses. Yeah, one, one, one eye wall. through sun. And I love the look too because it's not like I'm coming for you, motherfucker. It's almost like it's almost the way that like a hungry dog would like look into a hole and be like, "Is there something in there for me to oh, eat?" Oh, there's my there's my treat. It's. It's Jean, best eye acting, Jean Reno, because mm-hmm. he he does this and he can do literally like wide eyed wonder as Gene Kelly zips around on roller oh, skates. Oh my god! Um, so the other thing that I love, it oh I just had a thought. Natalie Portman's character plays four different characters, but all Leon has is John Wayne. 
Yeah. He doesn't have anything else. He's this he's a He's that one he's, thing. She has she has a little bit of depth. He's got John Wayne. Wow. Sorry, I just blew my own. No, mind. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, moments of discovery that's what season three is gonna be just <laughs> full of i think <laughs> the subtitle is moments of discovery or or actually the subtitle would just be like god this movie, <laughs> this <fucking> movie. <laughs> um so that fat bastard with his two i don't know why we're calling him fat bastard well because tony's that's how tony refers to it yeah the fat bastard coke dealer grabs two like two like micro uzis or mini uzis or whatever and he's his breathing is fucking incredible. When he's like standing, he's like he's standing now in shadow. We don't know where Leon is, and that his breathing make it fucking this is like oh my listening God. to someone hyperventilate gives me so much anxiety. Until it stops when the knife touches a knife his throat, on his throat. and I love that his mouth closes too as soon as the knife touches him. He's like, and our score stops too. The score, yeah. Um, I love that he calls the cops. He calls 911. He's in an apartment full of dead bodies, guns, and cocaine, and Leon has scared him so fucking much. He's like, He's calling the cops. He calls 911. He's like, Someone's trying to kill me. I'll connect you with an officer. Dude. Hello, this is, uh, this is Sergeant blah, blah, blah. I'll call you back. Hang the phone up. Oh my God. Call this number. (laughs) He's a crumpled up little piece of paper. Call this number. Make sure, make sure he understands. Does he understand? No, he's like, Do you understand? Do you understand? Yes, so say it. I understand. Leon, gone. The way he peels, he, the way he goes back into the shadow Where knife the, is a very last. The knife thing is yes. The knife is steady, 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 and then whoop, gone. And Leon is gone. Oh my God! Did you notice when he takes so the knife good. off the dude's neck? He was holding it totally flat. That dude was sweating on the knife, and as the knife tips, it's, all of the guy's sweat runs off the blade. Gorgeous. Yeah, man. Oh, gorgeous, Carl. <laughs> it's so fucking uh, gorgeous, baby. Um, And uh, as Leon's coming back from this hit, that's when we see the boots come over the railing and we're introduced to Matilda. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette, trying to get away from her parents. I, I love how they got around 12-year-old Natalie Portman smoking a cigarette, which is put it in your mouth, but don't you puff. As soon as it touches her lips, they cut. Yep. And then when they cut back to her, she's taking the cigarette. That was another note from um, the IMDb trivia because it's just wrought with what I'm sure is accurate information. As always. Uh, as always. Well, her parents were very concerned about the smoking yeah. portion of it. Mm-hmm. So they were very strict in that there'll be only five scenes of her smoking. Mm-hmm. She'll never inhale or exhale the smoke in any scene. Right. And she will have to quit at some point during the film. That was the parents' like... This is what we need for this. So if you go back and watch, it's, there's five scenes of her smoking. She never uh, inhales or exhales any smoke and on Leon screen. And Leon makes her quit. And Leon makes her quit. Interesting. Yeah. Good for Natalie Portman's parents. They're like, we think cigarettes are bad. <laughs> right. And then Luc Besson's like, we were going to have our smokes and uh, Chester Duodenum. And they're like, oh, well, in that <laughs> well, case. Well, that totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> she can just smoke as many as she wants. Those Chester's. I l- I love this first interaction between Leon and Matilda because he walks by and he turns back. He goes, why did you hide the cigarette? And she's like, I didn't want there's this building's full of rats and mm-hmm. I don't want my dad to know I've been smoking. And the way that he talks to her, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he like leans down. And he goes, what happened? Because he sees that she has a black eye. And she goes, I fell off my bike. And rather than question it, because, you know, he knows. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. Not what happened. He's w- aware of everything that goes on on that floor. The way that the two of them talk, it does not even for a moment read like an adult talking to a child. It's like two kids meeting for the first time on a playground. Like, 
Hey, what you doing? Smoking cigarettes? No, don't tell my dad. Hey, okay, well, what you, happened to your face? How'd you get that black eye? Fell off my bike. Okay, well, I'll, I guess I'll talk to you later. It's uh, you'd, And again, you after this, like, action sequence you don't pick up on it right away right but on second watch man i was you can't help but see it it's genius it's such a beautiful interaction and natalie portman 12 years old that's a child actor that is a young actor actress actor um her getting like when her dad cuffs her in the face especially we'll talk well i don't want to skip over it but after the bloodbath yeah dude that shot down the barrel when she's standing out out of outside Leon's door, ringing the doorbell. Please, please open answer, the door. Open. Starting to cry. Unfucking real. That's <sighs> that. You can you can actually see the same level of like repressed emotional breakdown in Black Swan when she runs into the. Oh my god! When yes. she runs into the bathroom and is crying because she got the part, dude. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Natalie Portman is a fucking talent, amigo. <laughs> Well, that's that's why she became Natalie Portman. <laughs> that's why she's Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, and uh, we also st- also starring. Uh, who was that one person? Uh, Natalia. Uh, no, Nat- Natalia. Natalia. Too bad she Natalia. never amounted to anything. Yeah, she was all right in this. No, dude, she's like her. She, I think if her, she holds her own with her scene with Gary Oldman. No, as no, twelve in the bathroom. Yes. Fuck yeah, man. That's not that, and that's not just saying something. That's a <laughs> that's a twelve year old girl <laughs> hanging with Gary Oldman at peak Gary Oldman, and she fucking. Totally deserves her slot in that scene. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you think that if if we had any less of a, I don't know, never mind. No, no. I'm. You know what? If if if, if a different, if, you're saying if there was a different child actress. If in, this would play as it does, no fucking way. It'd be too fucking creepy, right? Or it'd be, it wouldn't it would be, be the same. It'd be creepy or it'd be forgettable because. The Matilda character is not just like a fun incidental child no. character in this. Matilda is a. She is. She's the pivot around which this movie revolves. Yeah, absolutely. If yep. you have a weak pivot point, this movie falls all the way apart. It becomes like a, oh, it's that movie where there's like a hitman who teaches a kid kind of how to be a hitman. It No, this movie would not even, rem- we wouldn't be talking about it. No. We would You're not right. be talking no, about absolutely. Leon. It would be a forgettable fucking piece of 90s trash. I love everyone in this, but I think the best work, it's true, partly because she's 12 and it's more impressive because she's so young. I think the best work in this is Natalie Portman. I would agree. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Gary Oldman's fun to watch, and it's incredible to see him as a young actor, but seeing Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Um, so let's talk. We've talked about Gary Oldman smelling the Coke dealer's ear for fucking 20 minutes. <laughs> um, let's jump. Let's jump now to the bit where. Let's. Can we talk about. Let's talk about. In, in the. There's a. There's a little bit of a breath. Between the the hit of the fat bastard coke dealer, yeah, and Natalie Portman's family getting executed, executed, and we will go through that scene shot by shot because it's this is the type of action sequence that inspires David Le- Leitch to do movies like John Wick. Oh fuck yeah, man! It's amazing, um, and the way that not to keep talking about Les Samurai, Carl, but but I mean, you remember the door, like all the like the labyrinthine doors and hallways yes. of the the police station in Les Samurai, the hallways and rooms of of Matilda's family. It's not a big house. apartment, but it seems I'm lost a little yeah, bit. You, you, you I'm get, not sure where the how the layout is constructed. As Gary Oldman's busting through there, you you get you're like, wait, how does this room connect to it? You you feel lost and off. Kilter. We get a little bit of that before even when when the family is waking up. And the the stepmom is getting ready. She runs into the husband twice from two different doors, yeah. and he's 
he <laughs> stumbles into her both times. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he's showing us early before this gunfight happens yeah. how everything is connected, but it's also f- like weird in its construction and how it's all. Yeah, and that's that that creates situational tense tension. Yes. Because we're not we're not sure where we are and we're not sure where we're gonna be. Are we, we safe? Are we not? Like yes. Um, so before we, but before we get to the massacre, we get, you were talking about it earlier, the, his, he irons his clothes, drinks a glass of we milk. We see his day. He sprays and polishes individually the leaves of his plant, yeah, oh like gently wiping with the it's his best friend. He, he, he takes care of his best friend. I, well, the thing that I, the, the, this was the moment, the, seeing the, the like slick action sequence I loved, but the moment that I really came to. I loved the movie, and then I started to respect the movie. I appreciated the movie, and the moment was seeing this movie's not about Leon killing people. This movie is about Leon polishing the leaves of his plant and having a lonely glass of milk, and what he uses his bed for is sit-ups because yep. he sleeps in a chair with a gun on the table. And he's not even sleeping. Do you remember in season one we talked about um, – uh, movies that people watch where they're like, "Oh, it'd be so cool! I wish I could be Travis Bickle." Yeah, and yep. you're like, "Okay, would you though?" Yeah, like, "Oh right. man, I wish I could be John Wick," and you're like, "You don't." You want to lose your wife to cancer and have the dog that she left you murdered by a Russian gang? Now you have to go deal with that. Yeah, is that what you really want? You live a completely lonely life of shocking paranoia where you have to a hundred percent of the time be on guard and prepared to kill dozens of. What people. you really mean is you want to wear a nice suit and drive a sexy car. Yeah. No one wants. No one really wants to be James Bond. James Bond's life is horrible. Shitty. Yeah. He well, one he's he belongs to the government. <laughs> like, oh, here we go. You know who wants to be James Bond? Todd from Hostel Two. Fuck yeah, he does. That's the kind of person who's like, dude, I'd love to be James Bond. You get to have sex with women and, and no, you want to wear a tag and go scuba diving. Yeah. Yeah, you wish that you wish that the you know you want a concealed carry permit and a nice suit and a nice car, but there's the and the you want to fuck women. Yeah, and the thing I love about all these characters is if you watch the movie, if you especially the new ones where the filmmakers are becoming aware of this, yeah, you you get that you see what what makes Daniel Craig's performance as Bond genius is Daniel Craig recognizes and portrays the hollowness of James Bond's life. Yeah, he makes the Flash cool but sad. That's Leon, dude. Cause but this, but still, there's something about it where I'm like, man. I know. I'm. Could with- you imagine that? That you you fantasize about it a little bit. I'm with you. And I think part of it is something that we've seen. And this is the through line in all of the ones. Maybe not so much Lady Snowblood, but yeah. to, to our three more contemporary assassins or hitmen, they all have one thing in common. They all are very minimalist. Yeah. Even John Wick, which we haven't talked about, he's very. He has a beautiful house and a beautiful car. But they all wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. They all have their one cup of coffee. They all have that one thing that they do, and everything else very is Very strict clean. routine. Very strict routine, and they're very, there's no, they don't have anything. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the big one. That's is, how you are in ass- Assassins. The hitman doesn't have anything. Yeah, what makes them able to do this. No and connections serve, and no ties. Yeah, no connections and no ties, but you also get the sense, like, John Wick doesn't go to the movies. Oh, fuck no. Like if a listener, if you're like, I want to be John Wick. Like, do you like do you like watching movies? Because John Wick doesn't do that. John Wick practices judo and jujitsu four hours a day, and then he goes to the then gun he grieves range. over his deceased wife and 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 drives down a fuck. And we'll and that, talk about that. That's later, the but. thing with that's the thing with Leon. It would be fun to like okay for like 
maybe three days, it would be a blast to be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fully clean this gun. I'm gonna go and work on my I'm practicing my knife skills. And then day four, you're like, ah, I want to play chess. And someone's like, no. You can't play chess today. Pick up your gun and get your knife. All we do is work. Day five, day six, month five, month six, year 25, and all you've done every day. I love going to the gun range. Going to the gun range would get really fucking old if that's all you did <laughs> 30 days out of a month. That's what these people are. Dude, I, oh, shit. The- but then there's something that's really attractive about that. I'm with you. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. At the same time, even though we've watched like this sad, stunted, emotionally dead man, I'm still like, man, be so cool to be Leon. But you know what we're doing is we're you and I are dressing up like John Wayne. Exactly. And we have a fake gun in our fucking shotgun holster. We got a gun in our shotgun (laughs) holster and we're like, you know, like, like, oh, I'm going to do today. I'm going to do sit ups. But tomorrow I'm going to watch a movie and I'm going to make sourdough pancakes. Exactly. You know, man, like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I totally love it. Um. Okay, so we see Leon's sad life. The next day, he's he comes back home. He goes into his apartment. Natalie Portman says she's gonna go out and like she goes out to get groceries. But before that, we we're introduced to Natalie Portman's or to Matilda's family. Yep. It's her. It's her. The morning routine for the family. Yeah. We the difference in the two morning routines because we get Leon's routine, which is like polish plant, drink milk. Iron, iron clothes. Shirt. That's it. Yeah. Sleep in chair. And you're like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> and then Natalie Portman wakes up. And I love the parallel. Leon's life is empty and shitty. Her life is hectic and raucous. Yes. But also empty and shitty. Yep. All she has is her little brother that yeah. she gives a shit about. And she just wants to watch cartoons. Yeah. He never said anything. We would just, he would sit close to me and cuddle. Fuck me. I know, dude. It's a heart, fucking heartbreaking. She doesn't give a shit about her dad. Doesn't give a shit about her stepmom. Doesn't. Yeah, that bitch probably st- lost. She wanted to lose weight anyway. I don't give a fuck about my sister, half sister. Yeah, she probably anyway. looks. She probably looks better now. Yeah, you're like, I don't know. She got. Like, <laughs> she she does. got like pretty shot. <laughs> like a bunch of bullets were in her. <laughs> but uh, but um, no, that juxtaposition between the two mornings. Yeah, Th- there is an equal amount of banality to both. Yeah, it's just the, the one is more of noise. noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carl, we've been doing three seasons. I now know, we're finishing dude. each other's thoughts. I love, <laughs> I love it. it. Um, no, but we've been doing that for a while now, Max. It's true. Since season one, yeah. just <laughs> by season four, it'll just be us speaking the, the exact same, same words in lockstep <gasps> for two hours. Oh my god! Get all culty with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, chant with me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we should do cult movies at some point, like no, movies yeah. about cults, like Midsummer. Hey, yeah, I still uh, haven't seen it. Have you? Me, nope. Oh, soon, I'm waiting for soon, a, Carl. a sit and spin yeah, on yeah. that one, actually. <laughs> Um, so I love the chaotic feel of the, the scene in Matilda's house, but the, that French pacing, the scene is really long. It's like, she's, she's watching her dumb workout videos and it's my turn to watch Transformers. Well, maybe you should shake your ass and make a little, go and get some food and cash and, oh mom, and it's all meaning, like none of this matters. None of it matters. Because they're all going to be dead and Five minutes. Mom's getting ready for work. Now mom's getting banged. Well, yeah. And the yeah. kids come in, and uh, we see Matilda's getting beaten with a remote. Yeah. And her sister's, her half-sister's kicking the shit out of her pretty yeah. hard, actually and, punching her in the back of the head with that and, remote. And this is the only time that we meet the brother. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. So later on, when she, when, when Matilda's talking to Leon, she goes, he doesn't talk. The movie has shown us that. He just walks into Even the kitchen. Even when he's hiding under the bed, 
He's quiet and he's kind of void of yeah. emotion in a way. He's kind of like Leon mm-hmm. in a way, which is, you know, there's a whole other thing there. But uh, I, when I, so what I love is when you watch the goons start to, when you see the planes mounting up over the runway, you know, like here comes goon one up the stairs, goon two up the stairs. Then goon three steps out of a hallway. So he's already been there. So there's three. And then another guy comes out from a different hallway. There's four. And here comes Gary, Gary Oldman up the fucking stairs. Carl, what is it? What are the Pels? I, I think there's speed of some sort. See, I was wondering because his reaction, the like, <sighs> very Gary Oldman. Yeah. But part of me was like, okay, what drug comes on like that? Vitamin C with the magnesium. It's got to be B12, right? Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> Well, I was thinking. He loves his vitamins. My first thought was it's Benny's. It's some kind of like it's an amphetamine. Yep. But but he has this like weird slow euphoria in the bathroom when he's talking to Natalie Portman, and I'm wondering if it's ecstasy. Ooh, I don't know. I think it's just a. I think it's just capital D drug. Yeah, it's a. It's mo- a pill. He, it's a movie he, pill. He takes drugs. Yeah. <laughs> These it's are- some sort of fucking <laughs> manufactured. Something. Pill. Yeah. And I love, which by the way, because we find out that he's a cop, but I love the little extra twist of the key that he's a DEA agent. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Um, but yeah, so dude, Gary Oldman pops that pill in the hallway because they're like, we're going in. Because he, when he, sm- when he sniffs dad's ear for half an hour, he basically says, like, of course you didn't cut my drugs. But you have until noon tomorrow to find out who did. And then, you know, I won't kill you and your entire family. And I love how. How how uh, Matilda's dad doesn't take that seriously enough. No, he doesn't. He realizes when it's about five to noon. He's like, oh, shit, it's almost noon. But he's, then he doesn't really no, care about like it. He's like groping his wife in the bathroom, and he's like, "Hey, honey, I made a, I maybe made a mistake here." And she's like, "You're making a mistake right now." And he goes, "Ah, ooh, I might have gone a little too far." She's like, "You're going too far right now." And the whole time, you want to scream at him, like, it's "Like you have no idea." They're mounting up in the hallway right now. They're stacking up right now. Bud. Yeah, dude, they're they're building the stack, and Gary Oldman's ooh. taking drugs, man. You don't want to see Gary Oldman on. Dr- <laughs> no. Gary Oldman on drugs. He was and sober Beethoven. when he was sniffing your ear, man. <laughs> that was Gary Oldman not on drugs. You, do you want to see him fucked up with a shotgun? Yeah. I also like that Gary Oldman takes the shotgun from someone else because that's like that. He takes some drugs. You know, he takes that pill and you see him like, ah. And you can hear the Beethoven in his head. I love that he's conducting and it's not Beethoven playing. It's our score. It's our score. But he's still conducting. Conducting Beethoven. The, yeah, it's fucking incredible, man. Oh, my God. And you can hear it. You can hear Beethoven you in totally his head. You totally can. You can hear his thoughts. You're like, did I take drugs? Did I? What are they? It must, it's B12. B12. Um, But he, he pumps, pumps that shotgun and does, he shoots the doorknob off. Yep. Boom! Kicks the door in, walks in. Everyone else, because everyone else is like getting ready. And Garrett, once Gary Oldman's got the pill crunched and the shotgun in hand, he forgets he even has people. And yeah, and they are they're just as shocked as we are. They're like, "What the fuck is happening? Are you just they're, you're just they're going? Falling, you're just go- they're stumbling over and yeah. tripping over each other." Yeah. You get the sense that they're like, okay, we all have guns, but like that's only if things go sideways. We're here to talk. Exactly. And we're they- here to figure out what this thing is. Where the, what's happened to yeah, our coke? Yeah, what, what's happened to our coke? We're going to like pressure this guy a little bit. And then Gary Oldman, in a crowded building, just blows the doorknob off and walks in. And they're like, oh, shit. Okay, it's go time. And you can see him like in the wake of this man. 
in a in a lot of ways, I think that's actually that's actually less a less a uh, his character and more a Gary Oldman thing. Because a lot of times you watch Gary Oldman doing like tour de force powerhouse performances, the rest of the actors are in his wake. Yep. There's no way around no, it. No, you can't. He's what are you gonna like, do? Yeah, he's plowing. You surf through. it the best you can, man. For sure, you're like. I mean, I'm trying to act, but it's fucking Gary Oldman. I got. I can't. I don't even know what's, what he's what's doing. The, what's the time that you go? Is like eight and a half seconds on a bull. It's like most of them are just trying to like do the minimum or whatever. Yeah, like, you're like you're just you're trying to get to six seconds and then jump <laughs> yeah. off the bull. And like Gary Oldman's like he, he walks out and shoots the bull in the face and then he starts doing mime and you're he like, starts fucking the bull. He's you're fucking like, the bull oh, and they're like, I got this is. I'm just gonna be the clown, I guess. Yeah, you, and you look around. <laughs> No one knows what to do. No. You can see people just you're not you're not acting when you're with Gary Oldman. You're trying to hang on. Yeah, you're just you're just oh <laughs> here we go. Okay. I know it's a murder and it's really bumming. It's bad to be like The gunshot in the tub is incredible. Motherfucker, are you even are you kidding me? It's the the, mm, the I, f- mm. you get foam and blood and bloody foam. You see the blowout through the back of the tub. Then later on, the tag back shot, this beautiful from behind, yes, oh my where, God. where bloody bathwater's coming out of a shotgun hole. But it's not like draining out because her body is still pressed yeah, against the hole. Yeah, she's plugged against it, so it's just leaking. So it's pro- it's partly bloody bathwater, but it's also partly her lungs bleeding out backwards through a is hole he, in the tub. And mm-hmm. unfucking real, how violent, how. That is visceral, dude. That yep. is some visceral cinematography right there. This this is so beautifully shot. This is a New York action movie shot with a that, French sensibility. We get that tub shot from overhead. Yes, and it's wide. And it's wide so as wide. fuck. You it's, see the whole bathroom. It's shape of water. It's the shape of water sequence where the bath where the bathroom starts yep. filling up with water. Yep. It's it. Oh my god! In a movie where we've used extreme close ups over and over again, it is almost shocking to see a, a shot that wide with a gun blast. The it's perfect. It shuts that, your brain down for a hot second. You're like, "Gah." We say, I mean, we we throw we throw like you know, like uh, 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 oh, I forgot the word. But we we throw just like descriptive terms all sure, over. Sure, sure, sure. Genuinely truly a shocking moment. Absolutely. You feel shock seeing that shotgun blast hit this bubble bath. You're like, "What the fuck?" Partly the bubble bath. I get the bubble bath too cuz it's like hide the nudity so you don't have to worry about it, but it also kind of makes the bath more innocent, which makes the violence that much more more obscene yeah the and gary oldman's pace in this dude boom mom's dead doesn't even check that she's dead just next door nope nothing there i love also this is i think this is a character choice too when he goes past he the do- door he doesn't rack a new round in until like the moment he's ready to fire because he's got a dead shell in after he f- shoots mom in the tub takes a couple steps yeah he's stops. he walks and you you know what he's He's cocking the shotgun to Beethoven. He's waiting for the next bump, 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 bunk. There's where the cock, you, dude. The fact that he doesn't jack that shell out right away, he's like, and he's walking in time to the music in his head. Seen him with headphones in earlier. He doesn't even have his. He's literally hearing it in his own mind. Yeah, because he doesn't have his headphones. Which is when he starts talking to dad. Well, we'll keep going, but when he starts talking to dad about like, oh, you know, I love Beethoven. He gets a little boring though after the first. After the after his opening acts, he gets fucking bored. (laughs) That's why I stopped. That's why he didn't shoot this guy. He's like, because I already did my I did my overture. I killed your family. Now we're gonna switch to some Mozart. Let's talk. His overture was murdering this whole this man's whole family. And he's like, after all, after killing all these people, yeah, it gets a little boring. It gets boring. That's, that's why I stopped. Amazing. Uh, 
the kid, the boy, is not killed by Gary Oldman, but the no, sister is. No, he's accidentally. No, yep. The, shoots the sister in the back yep, twice because she's trying to run, and he shoots her in the back twice. Yep. Get, uh, he, I love the like march step. Oh, backwards. New round. There's the sister. Ba bam. Oh, it's just. Mm. It's br- really brutal. It is. It's not brutal in like that. This is a slasher. It's. It is. This it, is there's br- so oh. there's so many things that make that are making oh. it brutal. One, it's a it's a child that he's killing. For yeah. one, and two, it's the it's the way that he goes about it. It's because it, it, he's there, it doesn't affect him at all. Leon, no women, no kids. Gary Oldman doesn't walks in, starts dropping women and kids exclusively. Yep, he shoots the, first the wife. Two. He shoots the kid. He shoots, and then yeah, the other guy. Is it the other guy? No, is it it's Gary the, Oldman who shoots the brother? No, it's the hippie dude. It's a dude in the fucking whatever that very popular sort of sweatery thing was. The, yeah. the dreads. He's panic firing and accidentally shoots the kid because the. Does the kid try? I can't remember. Oh. It's like, oh, you shot the kid. You shot the kid. Oh, my God. It's like, because the guy, the the other DEA agents are like, holy fuck, I can't believe you shot a kid. It was accidental. Right. So the, that, the boy's death wasn't. Wasn't planned. Was not Was planned. not part of the plan. Right. Yeah, okay. He caught he caught around when they were blind firing mm-hmm. because dad grabbed the shotgun and took one of them out, winged Gary Oldman, and then panic fired. And then and panic the fires. Yeah, and the kid gets shot. And then Gary Oldman shoots when he. <laughs> He keeps shooting dad when he's trying to crawl away. He shoots dad with this like big ass revolver. Or no, he hit. Yeah, he shoots him with the revolver. Dad goes down. Gary Oldman gets up and he's like, whoo. Oh my God, he fucking ruined my suit. And that's when he goes over and he empties the whole cylinder. All five. I think he's got five. And he he fires every round into dad. And he's like, click, click. Oh, let me just reload this. Guy comes out and he's like, what are you doing, man? He's dead. Well, yeah, but he ruined my suit. And this, this is another brilliant performance beat is the drugs are finally starting to have this little backslide effect on him now where he's getting just a little bit too. He's getting he's faded. Getting, he's getting faded. He's starting to get the a little faded. The fade is starting to hit. And, yeah. his, and his buddy sees, he's like, you need to calm down. He's like, I'm calm. How about we go out in the hallway and smoke a cigarette? All right, I'll go out. Like he, I love that line, yeah. by the way, when he's like, I am calm. Because he is. Because yeah, he is. totally chill. But you can tell the fade is hitting and it's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what am I? One of the best moments in this movie. Well, which he shoots at the old woman. Shoots at the old woman. He goes, he said, go back inside. <laughs> the cigarette With is the hanging cigarette, out like, of his dangling mouth. dangling out of his mouth. Like, Maybe we should go back inside. Ca- casually waving a 44 around. You're like, oh, my God. Gary Oldman's off his, off the rails, man. God damn it. That's What's so going on out here? Nothing, man. No. Go back inside. <laughs> I'm calling the police. <laughs> window shatters you're like oh, oh my god he just took a pot shot at a 90 year old woman his maybe we go back okay okay back, all right back, back, back into, into the, the abattoir and he's like don't okay yeah he kind of like gets stumbles back into yeah, the house now he's fucked up Ugh, oh my and, god and this is when matilda comes up the stairs after gary oldman's gone back in and this is the so brilliant yep sees the blood and here's Oh my God! A four-year-old kid. How could you shoot? How a could fu- you shoot? It a was four- an accident. Was- I didn't fucking mean to. And so she, she keeps walking. She just keeps walking. Sees her dad dead on the floor. Hears her brother has been killed. She knows. Yeah, she's kind of like the Stewart from Hostel Two. She rolls with the situation. Yeah. Sorry, we did a three-hour conversation. That was about a great conversation. I love yeah. the things that popped up. Me too. One of yeah. my favorite conversations we've we've had. It was a blast. And uh, spoilers, listeners, John and Casey are actually sitting in my living room about 10 feet away right now. Hi, guys. How's, how's the episode going so far? What do you think? Good. We got we got a thumbs like up. We got two producers sitting over our yeah, shoulder yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, so undercover little, boss. Uh, we got corporate uh, sitting in my living room. They're working on the review for the... <laughs> 
Back on to back Carl, on, Carl. Let's get back, back on, on track. topic. Shit. No wasted moments. No <laughs> dead air. No dead air. <laughs> Bip, bop, zip, zap, zap. Yes, and Carl. <laughs> so Natalie Portman gets to, or uh, Matilda gets to Leon's door and rings the doorbell. And Leon is, has been watching because the second he hears gunfire, he Oh, he's immediately piece, alert. Yeah. And he goes to his, by the way, this is, a, this is another one of those tiny details that I love. Leon has rigged his deadbolt so that he can pull the deadbolt out and look through that hole. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why, because we see him eventually look out the the actual peephole as well. It's not where you're expected to be looking out. He looks out the deadbolt, so his head is not where the peephole is. So that, dude, this is this is like Hitman Paranoia 101, and it's such a great detail. He's like, if I look out the eyepiece, someone that's can where shoot I get shot. Yeah. <laughs> so I look out, I look out the deadbolt. So if they hear me, and they're like, oh, he's there, and Blam. it's easier to to gauge where your target is because you know where they're looking. That moment. When he's looking, he's looking through the he deadbolt. Just, yeah. Oh my he God. looks through, and the guy, there's a guy at his door, and the guy's looking through the peephole. And then, you know, he so he moves his gun a little. He looks out, and the guy has like moved just ever so slightly to, to listen. So he like turns his head, and and uh, you see Leon slide the gun oh over four inches. You're like, oh, he's gonna shoot his ass through the fucking door. This is so intense. But he's a professional. He has the patience to see how it's gonna play yep. out. He's like, yeah, okay, he doesn't have a gun. He doesn't look like he's ready to kick my let's door wait, in. Let's I'm gonna wait. wait. Let's I'm gonna wait. wait. He's a, wait. he's insanely patient. Fuck yeah. He, well, his life is just waiting for Tony to need him. Exactly. So his like, whole life is patience. I don't man. have to pull the trigger just yet. I can wait. I can wait until I have to, and I'll just track his head around through my door. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> this man was dead and didn't know it. Yeah. Like, Oh my Holy god, shit. but but for the grace of Gary Oldman being like, we're getting out of here, that dude that was- That saved his life. He was fucked. Oh yeah. This man was fucked. He we, was fucked like the SWAT team is fucked. Yeah, we like, see- I, we see Alpha th- team is so fucked. Well, yeah, we see we see like six henchmen go down, but, but if you've watched the movie twice, you're like, th- Gary Oldman's got five guys. We watch Leon kill like 79 guys in one sitting. Just, just a meal. <laughs> just a oh smorgasbord of murder. All of these people are fucking dead. If Leon, if, if he decided to come out of that door, the, all of them are dead. Yep. The sec, well, and if you force his hand, the second he pulls that trigger, he's he like, has to. I have to kill them all now. So if that dude had fucked up, this movie would be ten minutes long. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we we touched on it earlier. Natalie Portman breaking down at the door. Leon lets her in, and I love that she uses that against him later. Mm-hmm. Why? Why'd you even? If you're gonna just let me die, why would you even? My open life the is door? yours now. You might as well have just let me die there. If on the you doorstep. kick me out, it's like you never open the door at all, which is true. It's true. And oh, oh, the writing, Carl. The writing is so I good. Know. Do you know? Okay, another little bit of trivia. So they were already in pre-production for the Fifth Element when um, Bruce Willis had another some, Luc Besson. Another Luc Besson. Mm-hmm. So, but Bruce Willis had another a previous engagement, but they wanted Bruce, so they had to wait. There's gonna be like six months before they could actually start shooting. But Luke Besson already had his whole team together. And he's like, I don't want to lose momentum. I don't want to lose any of this. Like, I have a, this artistic shit built up. I need to do something. So in 30 days, he writes a screenplay for Leon the Professional and grabs his crew for the fifth element and shoots this in 90 days. The exact, the t- waiting for Bruce Willis. Yes. This movie is... This movie could be called Waiting for Bruce Willis. Oh my fucking yeah, god. So like Gary Oldman's here, like he already had him cast in another fucking movie, yeah. like Yeah. His cinematographer is There's a couple is, there's like, a couple cast know. cast uh, yeah. doubles. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, so dude. he's like he's like I don't want to he didn't want he didn't want to lose momentum. He's like I got my fucking team together. 
So he, I need to shoot something. He just knocked out a masterpiece in in yeah. In, so he took his inspiration. He did La Femme Nikita before this, and he had uh, John Renault was in that as a as a cleaner in that essentially, and he wanted to explore that character a little bit more. Yeah, and that ended up becoming like Leon the professional. And yes, he banged it out in like 30 days and he shot it in 90. That and is... then he did the fucking Fifth Element immediately after. What an, I know. What an amazing Dude. director. He was literally just doing a character study on, on someone he already wrote. It ended up becoming a different character and becoming more fleshed out. Right. But it was literally just, I need to do something, a side project while I wait for Bruce Willis for Fifth Element. Lay on the professional as a side project, yes. dude. You, if you do, He ma- calls it a, his filler movie. His this masterpiece is filler. I prefer this film to Fifth Element hands Abs- down. Yeah, Fifth I Element Fifth is a Element. super fun sci-fi lo- action comedy whatever. And it's brilliant. Yes. Fifth Element is also a masterpiece, but dude, this movie? This his is his filler like, film is like just uh, okay. dripping with fucking brilliance. I guess I'm going to just do I got this idea. Tappity 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 tap and shoot and oh, Bruce Willis is done. Let's put a wrap on this one and there's a masterpiece and let's go make another one. <laughs> The fucking Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, in a weird way, not all of them, but <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I, th- before actually before we we get this, there's a line that we skipped over, but there's this moment where where Natalie Portman has or where damn it, where M- Matilda has a bloody nose and Leon gives her the handkerchief, and I just before because we're past it, I yeah. just want to get it out of the way when she looks up at him, she goes. Uh, is life always this hard, or just when you're a kid? I have that. T- yeah, it's always this way. Always this way. Or he, he says, "Always like this." Always like this. Always he like doesn't this. lie to her. Yeah, which again, she's bloodied. He could try to be comforted. No, it's always like this. It's the reason. The reason that she's able to fall in love with him in the movie manages this beautiful balance. Is they are truly and in every sense of the word, peers. They're the same emotional age. They're in similar situations. Their lives are like weird, like uh, um, complementary echoes of yeah, one another. Yeah, not parallels, but echoes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's not an adult and a child. He doesn't talk to her like an adult talks to a child. He, talks he doesn't to talk her. to anyone like an adult, really. No. Well, he talks to, yeah, when he's talking to Tony, he's, he's like, won't, make, won't meet his eyes. When he's got the sunglasses on, he's Leon. Well, he's working. When he's, yeah. yeah. But when he's got him, well, no, when he has the sunglasses on, he's the professional. Yes. When they're off, he's, he's Leon. Leon. And Leon can't look Tony in the eye when he's talking about money. Uh, maybe you could give me a little bit of, he's looking at the table, he's looking at the fucking wallpaper and shit. And Tony, Tony knows that and manipulates it so insidiously. Well, let's get, we'll get to the character, the Tony character when we get to the, the, the money conversation mm-hmm. pretty much. But, um, I love that at, when she comes in, she comes in, Gary Oldman and co leave and Matilda's sitting at the kitchen table crying because her whole family was just massacred. And the way that Leon, like the, the first thing he can think of is he, she's like, uh, what does he talk about? He talks about a pig. Yeah. Oh, she says something about, um, I forget how it starts, but she says like pigs are filthy. Oh, she's a fat pig and she's smelly. Like talking yeah. about her sister she's or her a fat stepmom. Pig and she's she's no she's she's yeah she's like she's a fat stupid pig and he goes not true. Not true. Pigs are very smart. Pigs are actually very well, smart. They're dirty and she's like or they're smelly. Or I'm like, actually they're very clean. They're actually very clean. They I are. Have one in my they are. Some of them are smarter than humans. I I have a pig in my kitchen and she, you can see 
you can see that the fantastical idea of him having a pig in the kitchen distracts her enough where she's like, no, you don't. I was you just, don't. I was just, just in your kitchen. You don't have a pig in your kitchen. He goes, I will get him for you. Goes in there and you hear it's dude. It's it's heartwarming and heartbreaking and charming and sad on so many different yeah, levels. The, the this is the first time I actually I started like I started not weeping, but I had that. I teared up. Too. I, I, I teared up. I teared up. I mean, this is so this is so much happening right now. I I was just overwhelmed by just a grown man. having just seen a family murdered. Murdered. Yeah. A crying young woman at a door begging to be let in. Yeah, girl. Not girl. even young woman. Twelve, yeah, 12 years, years, years old. old. A child. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah, a child sobbing. Please open the door, because if you don't, I'm. And gonna now die. a hitman trying to cover, uh, comfort her with a pig, an oven, an mitt oven mitt. pig. Oh my god. So he does the he does the like hello Matilda does the piggy voice. How was your day today? How was your day? And she goes like I've had better days. I love that she talks to the pig. Mm-hmm. Fine, fine, Mr. Piggy, how about yours? She because you got you can't forget, even though she acts in a, like an adult, she's smoking she's, cigarettes. She's still she's eleven, twelve years old, yeah. When she sees a, a pig puppet, she talks to the pig puppet. She knows that Leon's behind the door, but she still has that little bit of childhood childish wonder where she can go with it and the reason that she responds so strongly to it is so does leon yep he commits to the pig because he can still a man who murders for no money five thousand ahead he's dude he's playing he's not he's he is a hitman but at the same time he's also playing he's not collecting his coins it's crazy it's nuts, dude. He's like imag- he's like imaginary pre- playing pretend hitman. He doesn't get any money out of it. He's just like, it's like a game he plays. Oh, it's fucking amazing. This is going to be so fucking good. You want to talk about breaking your heart? When he puts her to bed and we he goes to like throw the blanket over her, I almost missed it. She's snuggling the oven mitt. Yep, she has. Uh, I noticed that just before we the, before move the away blanket from it. hits yep. on it. She's, she's cuddled up around a pig oven mitt like it's a stuffed animal. That's the second time I cried. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, man! You're like, you can't believe how sad it is, and the fact that he doesn't open, like, unfurl the blanket. No, he just lays it there and all awkwardly, like, I'm not sure how to uh, manage this. He doesn't. He doesn't use blankets. He sits in his chair with his sunglasses on and the lamp off. And his bed is his sit-up apparatus. Yeah, like the, she's sleeping on his workout equipment. And he's like, I think maybe some people put blankets on. Oh so he just God. like drops a folded blanket on her and then he's like, uh, see you in the morning. I'll and be in my chair. And the decision to have this I was wondering if it was necessary, but I think that it is. When he's sitting there and he he bolts up out of his chair and he walks into her room and puts a gun to her head. Yeah. And then sits back down in his chair. It's such a brief scene, but I was like, is it is it necessary? I think so because he doesn't know. It's a loose end. He it's a child. He has no interaction with any humans except the ones that he ends the lives of and Tony. Yeah, the pe- there's people that he kills and there's Tony, and those are the. People. And this is a, this is a whole thing that doesn't. There's a there's a whole set of emotional tools that are required to deal with humans, and his set of tools is a bunch of guns in a box, and they don't work for this. No. But he's trying to apply what he knows to the situation. Yeah. He sits down in his chair and he puts the glasses on. He turns the lamp off and he sits. I love that he sits for a second too. He's like, "I'm gonna and now. I go to sleep." Five seconds go by. Pulls the glasses off, picks that gun up, and he's trying to do it fast yep. before he so can, he can even yes. It. But 
but I love I love this moment because you see Leon put a gun to a child's head, and then you see Leon's principles, his rules. No women, no kids. No women, no kids, and it reasserts itself, and he pulls the gun away, and you, dude, it it's not like deep intellectual torment. No, not even. It's it's, it's oh my god, the, his him like. It's almost like he's like uncomfortable, or so. it's it's not even like, like a, oh my god, I nearly shot a child. No, it's, it's like, just ah, like I don't mm. like I don't know what to do. That's I exactly what, what it is. Do. That's exactly what it is. Oh, and that's shit. what fucks yes. me up about it. Yes. Is. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know Someone what tell do. me what to do. Yeah, he doesn't have. He's got no lexicon for so this. So I'm gonna go sit back down in my chair and go back. Try to go back to sleep. That's all I can do. Oh my god, it's good, girl. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, all right, so f- fully, I will fully admit, I kind of forgot to take notes for a bit because I just started watching. So I um, think my notes pretty much end once I think she hits the door. I think that I'm, I, I become so involved in this it's an story. Engrossing movie. Like once, once their relationship has started, mm-hmm. it's it's almost impossible to take notes because there's so much. There's just so much that I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a delicate relationship between the two of them, both from a writing and directing standpoint, from the actors involved, and for just experiencing... Talk about a dance, yeah. No shit. Like, how How do you... Well, the one note is, like, can you make this movie in 2020? No. I don't think you can. Because mm-hmm. everyone would be, like, up in arms, up in about, arms it, totally, about it. Yeah. But like I can I can understand when when children are involved, right? That's like there's that's super delicate territory. It is. But the way this movie is able to portray this relationship in a way that is not only not creepy but it's sort of beautiful is yeah, totally a testament to directing, acting, writing. Have you ever the seen whole fucking... you and me and everyone we know? No, I haven't. Okay, there's a moment in that movie where an at and of course they cheat it with the camera so that because you can't uh, you can't actually shoot the scene. Right. But they they cheat it and use a camera trick to make it make it work. But there's a moment in there where a grown woman kisses a child on the lips in a romantic way. Yeah. And it's like a eight-year-old kid and like a 38-year-old Jesus. woman yeah. and the movie and i'm i'll dude you and me and everyone everyone we know is a an absolutely brilliant film and that moment when you see it on in the movie the way that the movie's written the reason that's a masterpiece is that moment is not creepy mm-hmm. which is fucking weird you're watching the movie and you're like it, it's a beautiful moment and then the moment passes and you're like how the fuck did they do that how did they structure this film so that that didn't creep me out? Yep. There's a perfect example of it, and I wish that... So Terry Gilliam we got into in season one. He has a movie he did about 10 years ago now called Tideland. Mm. And the main character is, I think she's about 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. And she is pretty much just her in the whole movie. And there's some fucking horrific shit that happens to this girl. Mm. And the movie's really hard to get through. It's it's a tough watch. Yeah. Yeah. But Terry Gilliam has a little introduction that he gives before the, the oh, film starts. Oh, like the starts. director himself. Yeah, Terry Gilliam says that before we watch this movie, just know that there's going to be some things that are really hard to watch in this movie. But he, he, oh, he straw dogs did. He, he, well, because it was, so, it was important to him yeah. to, to make that statement up front because he's trying to say something about the strength of children. Mm. Like, give them a little bit of credit. I'm not saying, like, don't make excuses for horrible things right, that happen of course, of course. at all but he's like this is going to be a movie that's exceptionally hard to watch give context where it's required give context where it's required 
And this young woman is incredibly strong for her age. Right. And like, this is about her journey, not yours. So, yeah. So I wish I could. What a great I, yeah, it's incredible. So just like if anyone is having any kind of issues with like dealing with, with the, with the, the contact Matilda, Matilda stuff, just go YouTube Terry Gilliam Tideland and see if you can find that speech because I'm not going to be able to say could it as you, well could as Could you could. like copy and paste it at the beginning of Leon and make Leon work better? Like, I think the, so. Okay, yeah. I think absolutely because it's dealing with the same sort of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Where the, we're, we're expecting and asking a lot. Yeah, of the, of the audience. Of the audience. It's a, it is a, it's a movie that requires some work from its viewership. It does. You have to do some work. Yeah. Um, right? One of the things one of the moments where I had to do some work is when she sits down at the kitchen table. You're an anime fan. I'm yeah, an anime yeah, yeah. fan. Who has, I mean, which anime, what <laughs> anime fan hasn't watched all of Gunslinger Girl five times through? Oh, seriously. Right. But like, no. But so there's this moment where Natalie, uh, Natalie Portman and, uh, and John Reno are sitting across from each other and she goes, I want you to teach me to clean. And he looks up and he's like, you, What? You can see this moment where any other adult would be like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. But somebody taught him, Mm -hmm. and you get the sense that somebody taught, because if he's been working for this guy for 15, 16, 20 years, he probably started learning around this age. Yeah, because he talks about how to level up. Yes. It's like you start with a rifle. You start with a rifle because it gives you the most distance between you, and I think he calls it the The client, client. which is gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) Stripping all humanity from your target. The last weapon you learn is the knife. The mark of the true professional is the knife because that is absolutely as close as you get. What's really scary about when he's teaching her, like, how to clean. By the way, there's another word game where you don't say how to kill or how it's to cleaning. murder. Cleaning. Talk, that is That creates mental distance from yep. what you're doing the same way that client rather than target or victim or hit. It's all about... It sanitizes it, it for sani- your brain. It really sanitizes it a lot, which is... Amazing. If you bleach out the humanity, it's easier to put a bullet in someone. Yeah, and it becomes harder as a viewer to be like, "Oh my oh god, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right." Boy. <laughs> but I, I love the bit where she's like, "Teach me how to clean." He's like, "No, you are a little girl. I'm not going to teach you this. Uh, you be here, drink your milk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Look, it's a pig puppet." <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And and he he goes, "It's it's not a game. You have to." He basically says like he insinuates like, "I don't think you have what it takes." So she picks a revolver up off the table, walks to the window, and just empties, empties it, it into the fucking street. I love the cut to them walking down the street with all of his shit in yeah, hand. Yeah, and moving, immediately <laughs> yeah. moving, because he's like... And the, but then we have a beat, and he's like, don't you ever fucking do that again. Like, <laughs> you get the sense that that happened. He's like, grab this shit, let's go. They haven't said a word to each other nope. until just now. He's like, if you ever fucking do that shit again, yeah. we're going to have <laughs> words, lady. We, like, I will spank your bottom yeah, if right, you ever yeah. dump a mag out the window again. That was... You could have hurt somebody. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know how many women and kids are down there? Oh, my God. We have one rule. No women, no kids. And you're blind firing out a window. Oh, my God. All right. Let, let me tell you how to shoot a person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that. I love that he's both. It both costs him his place. <laughs> yeah. So they have to move out. But also. It's probably a good idea for him to get some distance between that other hit. and Yeah. The, he's kind of yeah. like living next door to a massacre yeah. <laughs> with the girl that they're looking for. So it's time to move. Which I love. I love that this this uh, functions as advancing the plot. We get them. We get them on the run. Yeah. Which we needed. It also gives them an interaction, and like where where he can be like, "You're gonna help me move because you're the reason I'm moving." But in a you're weird carrying way, the plant. <laughs> in a weird way, she also earns his respect. 
what she's showing is like, I genuinely don't give a fuck. Okay, like my life is over. I will shoot a gun out a window. I I will kill somebody. I don't care. And there's this great moment where when after he tells her like, no, like we this is not what we do. He starts training her to be a cleaner. He starts like soft, teaching very soft her. teaching because we're going to teach you how to clean the gun first. And then I'm going to go get the long rifle from Tony. Mm-hmm. I know. Tony's that interaction is fucking fantastic too. It's like this is a this is a tool for a beginner. What are you doing with this? Well, I think the interesting part of that is it's a, I think it might not be a because that he it's like a paintball gun. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually like a training it's weapon. It's a training weapon. And when he comes and asks for it, Tony gets nervous because he's like, "Are you training someone new?" Well, I think it's yeah. I don't know, but but there's t- something there. Yeah, Tony doesn't like he's that uneasy. he's getting a. Fuck. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing getting a paint, your paintball gun? You don't even use a rifle anymore. You're Leon. You, yeah. You're the knife guy. You're the, you're the garot guy. Yeah, you're the professional. Why are you training on the most basic weapon? And I love Leon's excuse, which is, I like to train. It's good to stay sharp. He is, doesn't buy it. No, he's like, yeah, don't train too much. Sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I got business. You've been losing a lot of business recently. When he, I love when he puts the when they put the rifle in front of him, and we don't know what it is. He we says, "Go ahead and check it." And he says, "I trust you." He says, "One has nothing to do with the one other." One has nothing to do with the other. Fucking incredible, man! The one that's been gaslighting him the whole fucking time, yeah. telling him, "Don't trust me." In a weird way, man. Like Tony, Tony, I love, I love the writing of Tony. Me too. And, and Aiello's performance. And I was gonna say Aiello is bringing a lot to the table. Yeah, because for, for fleshing out Tony, that you, might not necessarily be there in the you script. You can also see him like hard knocking him here a little. A little bit. He's like he's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't trust me so much. Yep. Okay. Oh look, Uncle Tony, I'm gonna be. I'm better than a bank. Don't fucking trust me. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's there's so much nuance to this flick. So. Takes Natalie Portman up to the the roof of a building. We see him assemble a rifle. Lays the blanket lays down. Lays the blanket down. Oh my God. The same blanket that he put over her. It's the only blanket he's got. It's, yeah, it's a sniping blanket. God damn it. He, puts his, he covers her. We find out here that he covered her with his sniping blanket. <laughs> so he he lays down and she she like sights up. And I love she she pops the, the, the cover, the scope not cover yet. up. Click. No, no, no. Not yet. Do it at the last possible moment. It, it, reflects, it light. reflects light. And they're on the edge of Central Park. And the way he's training her, and we don't know that it's a paintball gun, so we're like... Are they going to fucking... He's like, who, who should I hit? He's like, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. She goes, no women, no kids, right? And you're like... And she, he's like, yes. You're about to pop a motherfucker. It is truly chilling yeah it is like it's funny now because we know it's a paintball gun but the first time you see it and you don't know it's a paintball gun and she's like who should i shoot and he goes doesn't matter you're like holy what the shit fuck, Leon? <laughs> oh my god he's like i mean long- i get the no women no kids thing but jesus you're yeah. just gonna randomly pop somebody well how do you practice with the paintball gun, the paintball as gun. we find as out, we but find you're out, like, yeah, yeah. oh my god, is this how he practices? He's just and like, I love that it's like a governor or a senator or something <laughs> that is like <laughs> off for their morning run, and, and shit. it's like incidental too. Yeah. It just happens to be like a high level. It's, it could be the president of the United fucking states, yeah, right? But how uh, about that guy running in the yellow and orange jacket? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's a fucking senator. It's like a senator. <laughs> I love when all the like goons are around him. And he goes, "No, you gotta give me some space. We gotta make this look, make it look, natural. look natural." His fucking gut hanging over. His- <laughs> it's an election year, and he yeah, wants to be photographed bit, yeah. jogging or whatever, you know. <laughs> but uh, so she sights in, and she's like, 
you know, we see her pull the trigger and you see like a pff, like a spray and you're like, holy shit, she just fucking. Leon just let her just murk a dude to like, not bad. Not wait, ba- breathe, breathe in now. I, mm, <laughs> okay. That's, this is one of those things that always bugs me. He's like, take a deep breath in, hold it. I'm like, why? So her hands start shaking. Yeah. You shoot at the bottom of her breath. Yeah. You let it all the way out and then you have six seconds before your tremors start again. The steadiest you are is at the bottom of a full breath. And he's like fucking her up. You should, don't listen. Okay, Matilda, he's training you wrong. <laughs> like you want to. It's on the out. Yeah, it's on the out. What are you doing? But, uh, but you know, it's not. Breathing is breathing is 90% of the sniper shot. Yeah, yeah 100% because you, you have to be steady. And Your also, heartbeat throws off, especially the further downrange you're going, man, everything affects and it. And at the, at the end of a bottom breath, your blood is fully oxygenated, too. So it's as sharp as you get is when you fully let the breath out. So he's like, uh, let's let's do this, like, opposite. <laughs> Today is opposite day. So all she, women, all kids, and fire uh, on the... Only up, shoot in, in women breath. and kids with your breath held, and let's shine a flashlight <laughs> on your scope. But so she, she And I'm going to nudge it just when you fire. And uh, shaky, shaky, shaky. <laughs> shaky, shaky, shaky. <laughs> I cover your scope. I let your scope. I cover your scope. <laughs> He's like, is this really how you work? Because it seems like. Really- oh, no, I play. Here's the pig. Oink, oink. It's a joke. <laughs> scooky, scooky, scooky. <laughs> no, shoot. <laughs> oh, I shake your gun. You need to shoot with distraction. <laughs> like Ball Robin Hood. Oink, oink, Matilda. God damn it. Oh, blindfold you. I cover your eyes. <laughs> She's like, okay. Okay. I don't think I want to be a hitman anymore. Uh, this is dumb. This is dumb. I'm going to move out. You just like fuck. I'm going to go back to that school for girls or whatever because you are <laughs> fucking out of your mind. You're a weird guy. <laughs> You're super weird. I a splash the... milk on you. A <laughs> splash milk on you. <laughs> Why do we have cartons of milk on the roof, Leon? Don't worry don't about worry. it. Don't worry. It is fine. Okay. Take, Not yet. Take a deep breath. And oh, two <laughs> gallons of milk on you. She just stares at him, blinking with milk, milk dripping, dripping off her, her face. face, and she's like, "You're an asshole. Do you know that? <laughs> don't use that kind of language. <laughs> Shake your gun. <laughs> <laughs> don't swear. Don't smoke. You look silly with milk no all swearing, over you. No smoking. No, no smoking. No swearing. No women. No kids. And here's a pig. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um." So I and this I think this is important because we only see him teach her the rifle, very very beginner, right? Yeah. So like, you want maximum distance between you and the client when you're first starting out, because that's your best bet to escape and to do this effectively. Let's one two skip a few when she figures out that Gary Old because she goes back to the apartment. Yeah, and she gets she overhears a conversation between Gary Oldman and two other cops, and we find out here that Gary Oldman's a police officer. It actually it, he's a Fed. Yeah, he's yeah. a DEA agent, <laughs> and it fleshes out a line earlier when the guy after there's they've massacred literally the entire family, and the guy's like the cops are here, and he goes, "Yeah, just wait for him to come in." And he goes, "What do you want me to tell him?" And Gary Oldman turns around and says, "Tell him, tell him we were doing our job." And then he walks out, and you're like, "What? What does that mean?" And then you find out he's a DEA agent, and you're like, "Oh my." God. Uh, so Matilda grabs $25,000 out of the From the hidey hole. Yep. Which happens, the hidey hole happens to be in the chalk outline of her where her brother died. That's fucked up, man. She realizes, when she hears the creak, she realizes that she's standing in the chalk outline of her brother. It is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. But that's where she has to go to get the money to, to the pay money. for the hit. Yeah. B- literal blood money. Fucking shit, man. So she goes... She goes to DEA headquarters 
to go and kill Gary Oldman because she overhears what room he's in because he goes, hey, listen, you got any more questions for me? I'm in. I'm on the sixth floor room. 43 or whatever. Yeah, fucking animals. I don't got time for this shit. And off he goes. So she, dude, the fact that she gets the round glasses and she puts the hat on, she's she's playing she's playing Man him the same way Leon is playing Hitman. It's I know, dude. I know. <laughs> Carl, I, I'm here in Beethoven. It's like a gnarly. But she she plays dress up and it becomes like a game. Mm-hmm. She she's like she gets together her her like food delivery or whatever. The way that she sneaks, it's actually kind of slick. She's pretty she's pretty good about the approach, but then she doesn't have any sort of way to deal with. It looks slick for a second until you, you remember. Then you remember she's a twelve-year-old kid with a bunch of guns in the bag and doesn't anybody. know how to. She shot a she shot a fake rifle one time. Kinda. And now she's in a bathroom with Gary Oldman. By the way, Gary Oldman gets out of the car. He looks over and sees her. He immediately knows who she what the is. fuck is up. Well, because he, he saw the picture he of the her picture in the apartment. But he spots her, and what I love is he sees her, goes up the steps, and then comes back down. He allows, he baits her into the bathroom. He well, he waits a couple seconds. He's because he sees her, and he goes, "I think that's her." He's actually really sharp here. Goes up the stairs, and he's like, "What he's checking is to see if she's heading for the building." So he waits two, three, go back to the car, and he sees that she has approached, and he sees her turn around, and he goes, "She's following me." Yep. And then he 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 does, man. He's so play. He fucking like fly fishing, man. Just. Oh, good. Good and yeah, yes, dude, good analogy, like, dude. Bap, he's bap, he's popping a bap. fly at her, and he fly, he fly fishes her directly into the bathroom. This scene is fucking horrifying. I, oh, that felt weird. My whole body just went. Yeah, got a little goose flesh yeah, just now, dude. dude. She goes into the she she talks her way past the the DEA guards, which are basically like TSA agent yeah, exactly. level of. <laughs> they're like, hi, little girl. Oh, you got a special delivery? We won't check your bags. Right, in exactly. you go. Come on in. Here's a gun. <laughs> but like so she goes into the men's <laughs> She goes into the men's bathroom to get the guns out. And uh she walks forward and as the door swings shut, Gary Oldman's standing behind it. My god, dude. What top ten best reveals of all time? Yeah. You have Boo Radley and you have Gary, <laughs> Gary Oldman, Oldman, man. man. <laughs> Holy shit. Talk from creepers behind doors, man. Yeah. He, he He's like, basically he's like, so you're here to kill me, obviously, and he takes his little capital Pin, D, his capital pill. P pill, takes his pill and, and he heads over to Natalie Portman. This is really okay. You want to talk? There moments between an adult and child that's creepy in this movie. There's like two moments where it's creepy between Matilda and Leon. And they're handled really well because Leon deflects and, and yep. what makes this creepy is the same way that Gary Oldman invaded that dude's personal space smelling him. He and does the same thing with her. He gets legitimately within like two inches of Natalie Portman's it's, face. How we're seeing from below them yes. up into it's, their it's faces. It's the fucking shining shot when yeah. when uh, Jack Torrance is against the freezer door and he's Wendy, that thing. It's the same low oh low God. POV shot. Not POV. It's that it's the worm's no, eye view worm's straight eye, up. Uh, yeah. But what's fucking really scary about it is Gary Oldman's like sweating. He's pouring sweat. He's got that like two days growth of beard that kind of tends to His make his suit is just gross. And he's and he's gross. And he goes he goes, Do you uh you like you like life? You appreciate your life? And she goes, Yes. yes. And he goes, That's good. It gives me no, 
this line and his delivery is absolutely brilliant. He goes, it gives me no pleasure to take a life that isn't appreciated. Yeah. The beat completely changes the sentiment. It gives me no pleasure to take a life. And you're like, okay, so he's, he's saying he's I don't like gonna, to kill people. Right. And he goes, I don't like to kill people who if do. They who, don't, they are enjoying their lives. Yeah. Oh my he God. goes, I don't like to kill people who want to, I, I don't like to kill people who don't want to live. It, I, oh my God, it's fucking, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so gross, dude. It's like yep. the grossest thing ever. And No, it's not. The grossest <laughs> thing ever is he starts touching her face and there's this moment where he gets his oh, thumb. Oh, the lips, the lips with the thumb. He touches her lips with his thumb and like pulls her lower lip down and like boop and gives it the little like yeah, like pops le- it. It's it is overtly sexual. Oh yeah. And what what really s- sells the moment for me is Gary. He dude, he's an exceptional actor and his choices and his pacing. There's a reason we always talk about Gary Oldman. It's, yeah. It's this moment here. He like runs his hand over her lips. And then he brings his thumb back up and touches her lips a second time. That second brush is what your flesh just shrinks on your body. It's revolting. You know why that works? It's because the first time you see it, it's like maybe maybe I didn't see maybe that he, correctly. Yeah, maybe, maybe he, he just, didn't mean to. He accidentally. The second time solidifies that as an intentional thing. It's really it's gnarly. fucked up. Yeah. And he pulls his gun out. He pulls that big revolver out. He's in the bathroom in the DEA office, and there's a 12-year-old girl in front of him. You're thinking to yourself, like, how the fuck is he going to talk his way out of this? Of course, she's got two bags full of guns, so he sure. probably would have made this work. She's a 12-year-old hitman. I don't know. Like, she's got guns. What I love about this scene is we've seen her learn the rifle, and we have, to, we have in our head what Leon said about the rifle. He goes, when you're first starting out, it gives you the maximum distance between you and the client. One, from a practical standpoint, that gives you more time to escape. But two, it helps you soft toe up to taking a human life. Right. They say... Um, At a distance. That's why it's easy. That's why we like drones. Because it feels like a video game. That's why snipers have, like, you know, they're, you're so far away from the person that you're killing that it feels less real. Right. She jumps right in the deep end. And now she's she was tr- going to try and kill him with a, like a nine millimeter and a revolver, and she yeah. has like seven guns and a hundred thousand rounds. Oh or my whatever. god! Well, she's just doing what she thinks is the, she, what she thinks she's, the right. I need bullets seen and guns. Leon's belt. Yep. So she's like, oh, when you go do a hit, you take a bajillion weapons with you. She's she's not ready not to smell the sweat of the man she's trying to kill. She's not ready to look him in the eye and take his life. And you see her; she's breaking the fuck down here. She's terrified, like. She's all about pissing herself with fear, and you can. She looks like she's gonna throw up, and this is the moment when you see her. You, this is the moment to me where you can see Natalie Portman's like, I am way the fuck over my head here. Yeah, I have fucked up. Ah, this. Oh no. And dude, this bathroom is gonna be the last thing I see. Oh, this is great. I'm gonna die in a bathroom. In a fucking gross men's bathroom in an old federal building. Oh, a government Uh, men's bathroom. No! Not the way I wanted to go. (laughs) I think you go straight to hell if you die in a government men's bathroom. Express elevator to hell. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's an auto auto hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like in Hamlet when you can't kill them when they're praying because they'll go to heaven. If you're in a if you're in a men's bathroom in a government building, piss, shake, and get out. Dude, if, you di- <laughs> if you die in there, you go directly to hell. Oh no! Because <laughs> you're already in hell. Um, I love that the dude that killed her brother is the one that comes in. 
Oh, that yeah, it's hippie dude. Spray and pray walks yeah. in, and he's like, "Uh, we got a problem. Mako's dead. There's a girl here. What are you doing with the girl? Don't worry about the girl." And Gary Oldman turns and he's got the pistol. And he's like, "What are what are you doing? I'm trying to kill a child right now. Could you go?" And the guy's like, "A bunch of people died. Um, I think we're in trouble." Yep. And we find out that as soon as Matilda went missing, Leon started. He started just dropping people. He's dropping people. He's like, mm, gotta find Matilda. Two, 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 two. By the way, the the like quick shots of of, of John Reno just like vanishing, moving super fast. You're like incredible. You watch him and you're like, he's so quick. He's so scary. Leon is My scary. God. Um, I love the fact because they take her upstairs. They do. He decides not to kill her. He's like, take her upstairs. She's got guns in her bag. Uh, do you remember his line? With the revolver, he's got the well, revolver. Well, he's pointing it at his partner. Well, he points it at yeah the partner, but then there. Well, before he before he swivels it over on the partner, he he's has it hammer back aimed at the girl, and he a couple of his men have been killed. And I, dude, his line is amazing because he's high I as fuck. It, yeah. It's very it's a high high line. He goes, he he like lets the gun away from him. And he goes, death is whimsical today. Oh my god, I do have it written down. Death <laughs> is whimsical today. It's the way he says it too with whimsy. <laughs> it's incredible. Death is whimsical today, and they take her up to interrogation, and they think they're good. I love that Leon's move is I'm gonna walk, walk in the front the, door. He comes through the front door like it's the the it's like the last scene of the, the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, he just walks in, and the guards are like, "Excuse me, sir," and he's like, tew, 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 tew. Uh, "Up Fourth the elevator, <laughs> up the elevator, room forty three oh six." Walks in, and they're like, "Hey, what?" Tew, 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 tew. He drops, I think he walks into the DEA office and kills between, six people, between five and six yeah. DEA agents, grabs Matilda, walks back out. And we know it's less than 10 minutes because the cabbie's like, I've been here for almost 10 minutes. Yeah. He, he, oh, my God. The, under 10. The fact that he's like, hey, just keep this running. It won't take long. You know who I am, right? <laughs> the cabbie's like, all right. I, well, can't, I, fa- I can't double I, park yeah, here. I, I can't stay double park. Okay, look. I got the meter running. This is going to cost you an extra buck or two. And Leon's like, it's okay. Don't worry about this. I'm going to get 5000 ahead. Oh, my God. Talk to Tony. <laughs> Talk to Tony. It's on my expense account. Dude, Leon walking in and just straight up murking a bunch of DEA agents, grabbing Matilda and walking back out of the building is... This movie bounces back and forth between art house and and action. It flick. does. It's this so is an, crazy. This is this an is action, action flick moment, dude. I this is 90s it. action. Um, the whole last scene is 90s action with, with a art French house art house. Like, it's insane, dude. Art. Inside the apartment, we're French art house. Outside, we're 90s action flick. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, my God. So there's there's pretty much two more things that I want to talk about with this yeah. movie. And then after that, listener, just go watch it, man. Fuck yeah, man. Um, one, I want to talk about... Uh, I want to talk about... Um, the the sequence where Matilda tells Leon I'm in love well, with you. Yeah. I think this is an, an this is an amazing scene because of the because of the way that the discomfort is also somehow part of like a sorrowful charming feat. It's it there there's something that French art house does where it creates this such a complex stew of emotional content that it's hard to pick out precisely what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And that is so true to real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's how life is, as opposed to like, this is a moment where I was only angry, and this is a moment where I was only in love. That's so, that, yeah, that's, no, th- this is like, all of this shit is swirling. It's always a really fucked up stew. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's like, never one thing. French art house is like this beautiful thing of of a, a bowl of water and five different colors of, of uh, food coloring. 
and you spray them all into the bowl, and somehow like a resin painting or something. Where you yeah, you just you just or you're you're spraying food coloring into a bowl of water, and somehow French art cinema manages to not mix the colors, but they're all there. And if someone was like, "What color's that bowl of water?" You're like. I got I have nothing. I don't know. What do you want me to fucking it's say? Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. You're like, it's beautiful color? It's troubling. But color? but it, you recognize it. Well, there there's reds, there's, there's purple, there's blue. I can clearly see green, but I don't know what color it this is. This scene is that. Because yeah, she's, she's laying on the bed and Leon is sitting in a chair and she goes, I'm in love with you. And he goes, <laughs> by he the way, milk. the double spit take of milk is hilarious. When she says, I want you to teach me to clean, and he's like, <laughs> And it's all over his fucking face and on his shirt. <laughs> yeah, Jean Reno gets two milk spit takes in this flick. And you know they're what? They're both fucking incredible. You can do spit takes bad. Jean Reno does. He gets it to poop plop and go on the yeah, top. Yeah, just he poop plops covers it. himself. <laughs> Master of the milk spit take, Jean Reno. It's, it's all in his nose, man. You know what? He commits to milk yep. out the nose, which is that's that's strong, strong acting. We talk about a lot about Gary Oldman, <laughs> but when you commit to having milk spray out your nose and your sinuses smell that's like that's a milk, whole level of commitment, man. I hope he probably got a stunt bump for those fucking, <laughs> m- fucking milk spray. An extra five fifty. So she goes, "I'm in love with you," and I love that his response isn't like, "You're not in love with me. Shut up. You're a child." How do you know? He goes, "How do you know?" And she or he goes, and she goes, "Cause I can feel it." And he goes, "Where do you feel it?" And she. Dude, it's a weird moment. It I really know. is. Yeah. We're going to talk about a weird moment, listener. She runs her hands down her body to her stomach. And she goes, I used to feel a knot here. And I mean, she says it's warm. Yeah. In my she's, stomach. Yeah. So she's there touching. There used to be a knot there. She's, it's warm here. And there used to be a knot here. And now there isn't anymore. And in a fucking bizarre way, it's a, it's a beautiful moment. And then we cut to, to, to Leon. And he goes, I'm glad you don't have a stomach ache anymore. And that's his response to it. And that's, that's it. Yes, dude. There's, there's, this, there's this insane nuance to the scene. And it's she has, she's taught him to read. She's taught him to like laugh and have some fun. So she's helped him grow into an adult. And in this moment, he's an adult helping, helping her to have her own life and experience and stay away from his. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It kind of reminds me of like a Stephen King moment, you know, like in uh, in when he writes about children and you and he treats children the way he he doesn't infantilize his child characters. Not even a little. They deal with hard emotions. They deal with difficult. I mean, dude, you remember being twelve and having uh, a crush on a girl? Sure and, do. I remember how that feels. Yeah. And I I respect authors like King and filmmakers like Besson who allow children to be humans that will one day become adults. Yeah. And and show with with uh, honesty what that's like. This is a, a powerful moment in this movie. And then uh, and then we you know we cut from basically we go from that pretty much. There's a couple scenes in between, but we go pretty much from that to an all out SWAT assault, and we go right back to action movie. Yeah, because Gary Oldman having cornered Natalie Portman. And then that escape, killing six DEA agents. This Four motherfucker, of his, two of his men, two of his men. No, three, because the guy. There That's was right. another guy who got killed while he was talking to. Yep. I think they call him the Chinaman. The Chinaman, uh, Mako Marco, whoever the fuck Asian that guy Americans, was. Americans, please. <laughs> yeah, I know. Chinaman so, is not the sorry. accepted vernacular. <laughs> I think he says chink later. He does. Yeah, when he's talking to Tony, he's Gary, like, "Yeah, Gary yeah. Oldman." Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he's they. We find that we discover that the DEA, well, Gary Oldman, has been using Tony's services. 
to rub out some people. So he knows Tony and he reckon has been doing hits for the DEA for the DEA through Tony. And so he puts it all together because he's super smart. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to tell me where where your boy is because I'm going to fuck up his day because yeah. he fucked up my he day. killed four of my dudes. Yeah. And this, we talk about, we, I, we keep mentioning Todd from Hostel 2. Right. Basically like an alpha, a guy who thinks he's an alpha male but is all talk and has nothing to back it up. Tony is, in this moment, that character. Because Tony always says like, we don't crack. Nobody knocks over Tony. I'm Tony. I'm in the mafia. Unless you're... They, sitting across the table from they punch him a couple times yeah. and he flips on Leon. dude there is a thing called omerta where you don't fucking talk to people you do your time or if you gotta die you die but you don't fucking rat i mean he's it's the italian thing right yeah yeah tony tony sells tony sells leon like in a couple of face punches he's not even that fucked up we see him later he's got like a black eye and a split lip doesn't look like they worked them over that hard. You know yeah, if I mean? you're still able to eat solid food, yeah, you if, didn't hold on long enough. T- no, dude. And you you it you very quickly You already fucking him anyway. Yeah, you you very quickly come to not like Tony, but man, he is by the by the time that he flips on Leon and Matilda comes back to him and he's got like a black eye and you realize that that is what you gave up this dude who's gave twenty years of his life and you never paid him. He's less than a worm, dude. Yep. He's human shit. I'm glad you never leave your restaurant, you piece of shit. Yeah. By the way, mad props to Danny Aiello because we love him as an actor, but dude, does dude, he make Dude, we you hate him as Tony. Tony. Oh my oh, God, man. He's a great dude. He's so good because he's not just bad mobster guy. Nope. He's, he's a person. He brings the Aiello-ness to him. <laughs> dude, he's in the same way that Leon is John Wayne. T- uh, Tony, uh, uh, Tony is... He's... Um, He's Al Pacino in The Godfather. He's wearing a mobster. Yeah. He's not really a mafia guy. He doesn't have an, he doesn't have enough men to fight the Colombians. He's a, he also is a scarecrow. Yeah, he's like a secondary the, or something. He's not even like yeah. in a really screwed up and horrible way. The only person in this movie who is not who is genuinely themselves is Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. No, absolutely. Everyone else is like these shallow like playing themselves. Not in like the movie is shallow, but they're like stick people. Gary Oldman is a true psychopath, and that makes him the only fully rounded character in this movie. Until the end, when Matilda comes to realize that uh, Tony's been, like, Tony's a sham. This whole mafia thing is a sham. And she's, you know, like, I could clean for you. He's like, there's no jobs. The game is over. He's saying that to her. He's saying that to himself, man. Yeah. The game is fucking over. The game is fucking over. The DEA came and beat me up. I'm, this is done. My hitman's gone. My only muscle in this whole fucking game is gone. It's over now. And it, it, it's, uh, there's a fame, I can't remember which poem it is. I wish I did, but now is the time to set aside childish things. Yeah. This is the end of the game. We're not playing fantasy games anymore. This is the real world. I love that he doesn't give her a thousand dollars. He doesn't give her a roll. He gives her a hundred bucks. That's, you see like it's Monopoly money, dude. He's got nothing. Tony is a lie. Well, because you see when he pulls out the wad, it's a couple of 20s and a 100 in there. And that's it. Yeah. It's not a mobster roll, dude. It's not casino money. No, dude. It's like he's got like 350 bucks on him. And that's all he has. The play As the play ends, man, all the flats are falling. And you oh see it's just God. a stage, dude. And in the end of the movie, what's one of the things I love the most about the Matilda character is she goes back to this like school for girls. She goes back to the school that she left. And she does that willingly. She does that. Yep. And she's like, my parents died in a car accident. And the woman behind the counter is like, look, I will help you. 
I will 100% help you. Don't lie to me anymore. You can't. Yeah, don't. You got to stop lying to me. So tell me the truth. She tells her the truth. And I love that the woman behind the the desk, like the head of the headmistress of the school is like. Because Matilda yeah. Starr is like, my parent, my dad was a drug dealer who was killed by a DEA agents who were working for the mob. And then I met this guy who happened to be the best hitman in New York. And he killed all of them for me. So the danger is past. But then he was killed in a giant police raid. And it sounds like the most lie but that a child could tell. But the look on the headmistress's face is like, I think I believe you. Yeah, and I love that we don't know because it's when, ambiguous. Yeah. She, well, we we do ultimately know, but when she walks down the steps and out the back, and there's other students like sitting on the back. Who's that like, girl? They're all acting tough. Who's the new girl? Smoking a cigarette. Who's, yeah, and you're like, don't you fuck with this bitch? <laughs> oh my god, dude, she's got a rifle. She's looked into the devil's eyes. You ain't shit. Yeah. Uh, who is this girl? Gary Oldman touched her face. Yeah. She will fuck your day off. Exactly. <laughs> but she goes and plants Leon's plant, and she says to the pl- – she names the plant Leon, which is amazing because now the plant has become her friend. So she plants the plant and gives it roots, and the roots are here at the school, and she says, I think this is going to be a good place for, for us. For us, yeah. Which means that the headmistress believed, believed her. her. So in this moment, Matilda this – is, this is it, dude. This is Matilda has grown. This is her arc. No one has an again. Leon's arc happens throughout the movie. It's very subtle, and but it's a hitman eventually coming to the ultimate conclusion of being a hitman. You get hit yourself. Yeah, you die. But I love that his death isn't he died doing a hit. It's it's that, from Matilda. This is from Matilda. He died. He finally. <laughs> Sorry, that's one of my favorite. He finally died last, for something. That's one of my favorite last moments of any character in any film is is he's taken a bullet to the back of the head. He has the fucking pin to a grenade in his hand. Gives it to Gary Oldman. And I love says, that he puts it in his hand and holds, holds his hand it. shut. And he, my favorite part of this is you can hear Leon counting in his head. Mm-hmm. Eight, I need six seven, seconds. Six, five. Let's go at four. It's a present from, from Matilda because there's not enough time to get away anymore. That's why he holds Gary Oldman's hand for so long. And you're it's like, dude, truly the professional till the end. Shot mm-hmm. in the head. He's like, eight, seven, six present from matilda you can, it's like it's the, like a middle finger it's amazing i love gary oldman uh, shit uh, shit <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. dude the explosion is like that's fucking a wild like explosion like the swordfish dude. explosion yeah it's you go, nuts, dude. all the cops are like Grr. they forgot to tell everybody it was happening and just people right in front of it like it's nuts uh, there's dude. definitely some stunt people standing yeah. a little close they to the pyro li- <laughs> they got a little sunburned on that day <laughs> Just a little. Everyone's got the aloe out yep. after that shot. They're like, Jesus Christ! Oh, did you guys shoot the? Did you guys shoot that the, the beach scene today, honey? <laughs> no, why? Oh, you looking all sunburned. We shot the uh, the scene where Luke Besson used <laughs> he the fucking. Just decided to destroy a building. <laughs> I was right in front of it. I was like twenty feet away. <laughs> he called action. I'm like, what? I thought we're on lunch. Next thing I know, action I'm on, on fire. <laughs> what scene are we dip? It's oh. All right, let, let's really, really fast talk about the SWAT shootout. All right. And then we'll go out. Because okay, so there are a few. So the Matrix, the first Matrix movie has some of the most incredible fight scenes in it. Some of the best gunplay, some of the best hand-to-hand, like, fucking kung fu action Matrix one, right? Mm. This is, like, this akin to that in a way. It's very similar in how they escape. They're going through a wall and right. down a thing and it's that we have the bad guys. The agents are outside trying to get in. Mm-hmm. It's the way that Leon is able to dispatch his his agents is incredible. 
He's yeah. it's a mystery to us. We don't see how he we only see the outcome. We don't see him. We don't see him climbing up and getting ready. And we're like, oh my God, when they come in, he's going to have the drop on him. All we see is his hand come down close and door. close the door. And we hear the gun. It's just like the first scene. We hear it. We don't <laughs> see it. a shitload of gunfire. And I love my favorite part is the, the door, door swings opening, back open. And bodies on the f- fuck, man. The sergeant leans around the corner and he looks through the swinging oh, open we door. Got a and he's like. Yeah, okay, so uh, for team one, uh, they're all dead. <laughs> Alpha team's gone. I love when Gary Oldman turns around and he goes, get me everybody. What do you mean everybody? <laughs> get me everybody! <laughs> and then all every cop in the city shows up. There's 200 cops in that stairwell. Yeah. Every yeah. precinct is fucking suited up mm-hmm. in, in that stairwell. And he walks through all of them because he's got the goddamn SWAT suit on, dude. Oh, my God. They, he lets another... Gr- the reveal of how many people are there... Mm-hmm. Is incredible. Every, every stair, every stair on the stairwell has a cop or two on it. Yeah, a SWAT dude. Yeah, I love that he he lets round two come in, and then ki- uh, he gets in like this big crazy. Sh- he gets in this big crazy shootout. There's a moment where uh, a guy like peeks around the corner, and he's like, "What do you see? He's not there." And then he like turns around again, and Leon is has a gun pressed to. He came out of his, the door, like zipped down the mm. hallway silently, and as soon as the dude pops his head around, he's staring down the barrel of a gun. And he's like, it's the guy. He's, he's, he's here. He's here. <laughs> he has a gun in my face. You can face. see, like, the sergeant's pants fill with shit. He he's a... like, it's just like. Oh, that's my. Right oh, your bread dough. Yeah, hold on. You talk talk more, Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, again, we get hilarity with action. It's because the, the reaction of the sergeant to this information that the hitman is right here. And his pants turning brown. <laughs> it's. It's the, the most incredible marriage of, Let like, them. four different emotions are happening to me at the same time. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm terrified. It's I'm fucking kind of a glee a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just, like, concerned. How the fuck is he going to get out of this? Yeah. Like, there's no way out. You're feeling like hopelessness. Yeah. I love when he goes, let the girl go. And uh, they let Matilda go. She spits in the cop's face, comes around. <laughs> You're coming with me. <laughs> Meat shields him. Yeah, they all were uses the- an, using a, uses another person as a marionette again. Yep, and then he yeah he and then he marionettes him. I, I, mannequins him or whatever. I never I never made the connection, but you're totally right. He leaves him outside the door and then fires through a hole. Be like he's shooting, he's shooting. They shoot one of their own. They fire a fucking rocket launcher into his room. I love that after Natalie Portman's gone down the the shaft with the plant. I love that Gary, even Gary Oldman's like. I told you to get the guy, not to bring the whole I, yeah, building he's down. Like, I what told are you, you guys to bring the guy down, not bring the whole building down. They go in. You get the sense that he feels like everyone else around him is a fucking idiot, and he's pretty much right. Yeah, yeah. Rocket launcher goes off, and in the time between the explosion and them entering the room, Leon has put on one of the dead officers' clothes and gas masks, and he raises his finger. And they're like, anybody alive in here? And they're like, we, got, down, a, man we got a man down. They escort him out. And because no one has seen his face and lived. They don't know who When they is. pull the mask off, they're like, you with the third? Third precinct. Third precinct? Yeah. 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 All right, buddy. We're going to get you out of here. Don't you put the mask on. I can, I can breathe better with it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Puts the mask back on. He literally walks out the front door. I l- Gary Oldman recognizes him, though. And at first, I'm like, I don't, I don't buy that he would. But then he went to Tony's. He not yeah he went to Tony's and we know that Leon has done work for them before. exactly so, so he may have some knowledge as he to might what know he looks this like. guy and also I, I the way what I attributed that to is 
when he's like, listen, man, if you cut the shit, just tell me. Because otherwise, I gotta break into there. He can he can smell, he can a, smell lie. a lie. It's like a weird sense sixth it. sense. So the way that I see it is when Gary Oldman sees him, it's his gut. It's that cop gut. He's like, that's the guy. That's how I read it. I like that. That animal. What there's like, one guy left alive out of a whole two units upstairs. Mm-hmm. I doubt that he how left did, anyone alive. Yeah, how that's di- him. How'd this guy get out? Yeah. No fucking way. Leon does not leave people behind. He's a professional. And then uh, yeah, he Leon sneaks out the back. Gary Oldman shoots him in the back of the head, and then Leon- in, a, in another incredible cinematography moment of we are seeing the world through his eyes when he takes that bullet. Yeah, we. The, oh the my god! Screen, when the, the, the camera flashes, and then the camera like quiet. Whoa, there's no yeah, there's no gunshot, and then the camera just slowly tilts, mm-hmm. tilts, and settles on the and ground. Settles on the ground, and it's you, we are Leon getting shot in the back of the head. Just that flash with no sound. Oh my god! French art house action. Movie. I just got shot in the back of the head. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels that's, like. This is what it is. This is as close as you're gonna get to being shot in the back of the head, dude. Oh, fuck me. Oh, okay. 1994. Lay on the professional. Go fucking watch this Go movie. Go fucking watch this movie. Watch <sighs> it. Watch it. Uh, own it. Buy it. Be it. Do what you need to do, man. Whatever you got to do to get this and don't, movie. Into and life. don't sweat the. I mean, don't be stupid. That's a good. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So we, as always, would like to thank our patrons. We'd like to thank John Scheibe, Casey Scheibe, Casey Casey Scheibe, Scheibe, John John Scheibe, Scheibe. Uh, (laughs) Connor Sweeney, Katie Clark, Kelly and Mike Wagner, uh, William Rockwood, David Rowney, Kevin Ramirez, Karam, Sister Sarah Hartley, and Jeffrey T. Morgan. Thank you all for keeping the lights on in this place. Yeah, no kidding. Keeping us in microphones, keeping us in films. We love you so much. We just, you know what, patrons? You just bought us an eight terabyte hard drive so that we can. Yeah, keep them in the loop. Absolutely. Thank you for the hard drive, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We, we ran out of storage space. Uh, what, so what happens when you do over a thousand hours of episodes? Yeah, when you got, when you got a <laughs> shitload of movies that you've been talking about for two hours at a pop. You run out of space. You just bought us an eight terabyte hard drive so we can keep going. And I, I don't it. have to burn my laptop in a fire. So <laughs> <laughs> I really, we really appreciate it. You guys are making this possible. All right. Measuring Flicks Podcast at gmail.com. We are wrapping up the Ides of March next week with uh, we are the our Wicker Man. Yeah. We're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> as we talk about the, teleto- the made for TV Teletubbies film. No, we're going out with probably the most recognizable assassin film of all time now. Yeah, I, I I would say that's fairly accurate. You think so? Yeah. All right, well, we're talking about John Wick. Fuck yeah, buddy. Oh, my God. No kids, no dogs. <laughs>